Welcome back to another week and another episode where we take a topic and we discuss it, debate it, chop it up with the chat. The future of Xbox. Debating it with my good friend 30 and so gaming here. We don't even call this anything. This is just something that we nope. do with y'all. And uh, I hope you guys are supporting 30 over there on his channel, 30NSG. If you're looking for his content, his shows, make sure and check him out over there. And I, I wanted to chop this up with him because I chopped it up with you guys a little bit, but more has come out. A lot of you guys are coming hot off the presses of my upload about 343 potentially getting removed from Halo and a bunch of former 343 employees continue to speak out about just the abysmal state of the development of that game. Poor management, incompetent leadership, working under the 18-month contractual policies of Microsoft. And now folks are pulling out Phil Spencer's commentary. You know, he's saying, if we go wrong with Halo, we go wrong with Xbox. But then I, I know Mike's got something that Phil always that Phil said that really was like, wait a minute, why'd you say that? So I'm going to be chopping this up with Mike, but we're also going to be chopping it up with you, chat. Last week was amazing. We debated Hogwarts Legacy live service, and Mike and I basically just tag-teamed debating chat, and it was awesome. So I don't know if he and I are going to agree on everything today. Better watch out, chat. Better watch out. Yeah, but feel free to chime in, disagree, agree, and do me a favor. If you came over from the other videos and streams this morning, smash that like button. Get us our first 100 likes. Mike, what is your take? Why am I not on streamer mode? Um, that's so annoying in OBS. It's gonna do that if I don't. I'll forget it. Just, I guess we'll just have to deal with that. Uh, Mike, when you saw this transpire, what did you think about what was going on? I'm gonna go full screen for myself for just a second, but listen to what Mike has to say. Uh, first off, when they when they have the layouts, the layouts. I have a buddy that works for Microsoft, so I, first thing I, when I saw it, I called him up and I was like, "Are you are you affected by this in any way, shape, or form?" He's like, no, "I." He wasn't personally, but uh, he's not a developer; he's on sales side. Um, so he had a lot of people from his office get get canned, and I was like, oh, "Okay." So I looked at that first, and then the second, I was like, "All right, we've been asking for three four three to lose Halo, right?" And I know a lot of people are. are I mean, it's sad that people have to lose their job. It is what it is, right? I mean, it happens all the time. Big, big layoffs. Amazon's doing it. Facebook's doing it. Twitter's doing it. They're all doing it. Um, but for 343, losing the campaign stuff, we were asking for them to lose it. And the biggest shocker for me is that Phil Spencer said, I think it was like a year and a half ago, and he said, uh, Halo uh, is, is not going to make, or, what we're doing with Halo is not going to make or break the franchise. And that echoed in my head. I always come back to it and always bring it up because to say that to your franchise that literally puts you on the map, like Bungie put Halo and Master Chief on the map when Xbox first came out. That's what they did. And it became one of the best-selling games of all time. 20 years later to say, well, it's not going to make or break the franchise. At that point to me, when he said it, me and Sarge on our podcast, we talked about it and said, they don't care if it succeeds or fails because it's so big, it's not going to fail, right? And that's the way they feel about it. So much so that right now in China, when they're selling the Xboxes, okay, on the back of the boxes now, Master Chief and Halo are no longer there, right? It's Starfield. Mm. Starfield is there. And that's that's their main franchise now. But it won't be their main franchise going forward because their actual main franchise is Game Pass, and Game Pass is what they're pushing on. So now that 343 is out of the picture, for the most part that we know for the campaign, you know, 
are they going to give it to another company or like hand it to another company? Are they going to let other companies go, hey, who's interested that doesn't have something? Because I really think 343 from the very beginning, they created them to just hand them this this project. And I don't think they were ever passionate about the project, right? If you look at what Halo has been since 343 has had it, you look at Bungie, they created Halo and they were passionate about Halo. They left. They were passionate about making Destiny, and look what they've done with Destiny. Like, you can see the passionate about their IP that they created themselves, where 343 was handed this project, and they just never landed the plane on that runway with, with Halo, at least in my eyes, right? Their best game is still worse than the worst game that Bungie put out for, for Halo in my eyes. I don't know how chat feels about that. And I feel like they've always missed the bar with 343. So... The, the writing on the wall for 343 not being able, and I think they will lose, and I think they'll still work on it, but they won't be the main the main studio going forward. They'll be a, a support studio for whoever they bring in to take over this franchise because it doesn't really matter. It's not going to make or break it. And they'll just reboot it or add on to it as they go. I mean, I don't know if Halo Infinite's dead. I think they're just kind of on hiatus, sort of like Division 2 was on hiatus for like a year. And then they'll try to like figure stuff out, and then all of a sudden... Uh, give it to a company and then start reworking stuff. Yeah, the video everybody just came from, that's essentially what everybody's saying. Like, the, there are people saying, listen, 343 is being sort of repurposed, retasked. And a lot of us said that. We thought, you're going to shrink them so much. Like, what is going on? Like, what are you going to use them for? And at this point, I would ma- I would imagine they're around 200 employees, maybe, maybe less. And it's like, well, then what are you going to use them for? Well, a lot of people were asking for that. And I felt really bad. I remember when people were saying, this, this is time for 343 to be fired. This is time for 343 to be removed. And I was like, Detective Seeds tipped me $5 and said, you know, it was a good vid. Glad to see you highlight the contract issues. I tried to highlight that the last time. I was like, this can't all be on 343 at this point. It's like, they've been mismanaged. So sure, look at 343 leadership, but are the devs this incompetent? And I've always said, I don't think so. It's got to be this contractual policy. Look at Twitter. The layoffs spark a fire. And everyone's like, bro, it's the contracts. It's getting pulled off the, pl- the, the 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 project. There were people that were like, I would have loved to have stay on. I was like, right. Microsoft has to look in the mirror and ask, is this going to work long term? Like, what are you what are you going to do when Bethesda has to work under these conditions? Because both Redfill, Redfall and Starfield were not developed under these conditions. Right. So they they're not in Microsoft they're, at that time. Right. They're not in that's those games are not indicative of what happens underneath Microsoft's ownership. We're already hearing that Fable may be going the same direction. It's like we we just going to keep wrecking wrecking franchises? Like what does this make you think about the ABK deal, the Activision Blizzard deal? Well, I okay, I I don't know if this is coincidence. We 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 talked about this yesterday on my live stream and also on the podcast. Um don't, don't you find it a little weird? I know this is a completely different conversation, but they fired 10,000 people, right? They laid off 10,000 people. And then miraculously, if and when the deal goes through, uh, Activision Blizzard's got 9,800 employees, right? So all of a sudden, they bring 9,800 people over to fill in the gaps of 10,000 people. Obviously, it's 200 people less than what they have, so they, they're saving money there. And then they'll probably let go of other people once that happens as well, right? Once it, it comes over, because the, they want to put some of their people in charge of certain things and, you know, clean clean house a little bit, bring in your own guys. So I, I find that a little 
little strange that 10,000 is the number, 9,800 people is what, what's coming over. Um, I do believe that Microsoft is going to use either Sludgehammer or Treyarch or somebody that's doing Call of Duty to work on Halo in the future, right? Make them the, the main studio to work on it and then have 343 as their companion studio to help them do stuff, right? Like, I don't know. That's that's just my my gut feeling from the bat. Somebody from that Activision Blizzard, and I do believe, and I know this is a completely different conversation, but I do believe all the stuff that's happening with the EU and uh, NVIDIA and Google, this deal is going to go through regardless, and we could talk about that another time, but I I think Microsoft is going to get this deal regardless um, and uh, because of the structure they've done stuff and the contracts they've already done ahead like they already know they have it right and this is just the public eye is looking at it going no they're not going to get it but they already know they have it and they're just placing the pieces they're 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 moving the chess pieces to make the move right to, to say checkmate yeah i i would say they're really confident it's going to go through i don't know yeah. if it's going through but microsoft yeah. is counting their chickens before they're hatched they're like sure. oh yeah we're going to be able to count on this deal because and this was something that many people were saying. My uh, creature, my producer said this. He was like, they're going to get this deal and they're going to throw somebody like Sledgehammer at, at Halo. And they're going to put Halo on quality assurance for Call of Duty. And we laughed. But now I'm like, wait a minute. That seems like that's kind of the plan. If, yeah. if, if you guys didn't watch the upload, make sure and go watch my upload and support that video. It's a solid video. I really felt good about it. I felt this is this is huge. If they are essentially saying... Halo Infinite's EOL. That's end of life, baby. I mean, if you're only going to support its multiplayer, I, this time next year, it's done. Right. It just put a fork in it. And 343 is going to help other companies start to make Halo content, which, if that video that I made and all that stuff is to be believed, are, they're sticking with the Slipspace engine. Why? Why would you stick with this engine? Not only that... I, I, you've got first-party engines for Bethesda with Creation. You got Playground Games using the Forza Tech engine for Fable, and that just hits like an explosion of planets and creates a horrible situation when you combine it with the contract policy. Everybody's got to come in and learn your engine, and then they're gone eighteen months later. Right? They they, they have to change this policy. Do you think they're, that Microsoft's going to respond to any of this criticism at all? Any of the public outcry from former developers at all or is it just no this is our policy we're continuing yeah no i don't i don't think they will because uh all big businesses i always call them as unicron right big companies have to keep eating they have to just keep moving forward they got to find the planet to eat they crush and take anything that's uh, nutrients they suck it in spit everything else out and they just keep moving forward because they have to keep this trajectory of of profits and they always have to go up they can't ever go down if they go down that's People get fired, right? Even even when they had their most successful year ever in the history of Microsoft for Xbox, where they made $3.61 billion, they just let go of 10,000 people, right? And that's that's when they're most profitable. So it's just, it's just uncanny. Real quick, I want to answer Detective C. He says, I push back on the specific example, Mike, because not all 10,000 are gaming division. I never said they were, right? I literally started the whole conversation off calling my friend up who's in sales and asked if he was okay. Obviously, there's people in, in resources and sales and everything else. Do you think all 9,800 people coming from Activision are all developers? No, that's everybody that works for the company. The the person that's answering the door at the front, the, the receptionist, mm, the, good the, point. the tax guy, everybody, they're all coming over. They're all coming over. They had to make room 
for the people that are coming over. As far as as far as Halo goes, and and the in the future of Xbox, with what you said about Starfield, we when we first started streaming over here on this channel, I think I had a, like five thousand subscribers. One of the shows I did was, I predicted that Starfield was the new flagship because Halo was just in such bad shape. It's like there's Starfield, it's Starfield, Starfield's the flagship. You, you, this Halo's not gonna not gonna cut it. We did everything we could to cover Halo Infinite. And from the from the Halo Battle Pass to the season format, I mean, Halo Infinite season three is about to start. It wouldn't surprise me if that's basically the last seasonal update, or or they literally just rotate cosmetics and events. They'll just they'll just keep recycling cosmetics and live events yeah. that they've already used. When it when it comes to the future of Halo, uh, if it's no longer the flagship, and they have all these other companies coming in and making content, what what type of a Halo game do you think we're going to get? Because apparently they scrapped plans for DLC. Now, Jez Corden is saying that those plans didn't exist. I, I don't... He's gotten a couple things right recently, and I was like, I, I think we can trust this guy. I think he's got reliable information. But I find it extremely hard to believe that Joseph Staten did not have DLC plans and story plans for Halo Infinite. If they just purely go multiplayer, I don't know. D- does that change the fabric of Halo so much that it's no longer really Halo if you don't have that front centerpiece campaign with with Master Chief. Wasn't there a story though that Halo cut a whole bunch of like content originally? So like that would be DLC. So they could have already worked on it, but it wasn't ready yet, right? They they cut, uh, what was it? Two thirds or one third? I forget what Jason Schreier reported on uh, chat. Uh, oh, it was the like the map size and world size. Yeah, the yeah they cut size, it down. Yeah. They cut it down by a couple thirds. Either one or two yeah. thirds was just cut. Yeah, so... Obviously, because they cut the map size down, there was probably story elements that moved you over to that part of the map, right? Which they probably said, oh, you know what? It's not ready yet for, for launch. This is a live service game. It's a Game Pass game. Let's let's push it out later. And then they they finally just said, yeah, let's let's just scrap it, right? We'll just worry about mm-hmm. the, the multiplayer and whatnot. The I don't know the numbers. They, they, don't, they don't tell you the numbers. We do know the sales numbers. I think loosely, I think 2 million sales of people bought Halo. Okay. Everybody else played Halo for free, basically, because they pay ten bucks. I know someone's gonna say it's not free, but <laughs> it's ten dollars. It's fifteen dollars. You're you're right. you're basically renting the game from like Blockbuster back in the day, okay? <laughs> and and you're just playing and renting the game. So there's this yeah. whole new there's this whole new like mentality of everybody that has a game that comes out for Xbox. They're like, ah, eh, I'm not gonna buy it. I'm just gonna play it on Game Pass, right? So moving forward, I think they they just cut the campaign because. The people that are playing it are playing on Game Pass anyway. They don't care if people buy the DLC because they have the free multiplayer that you don't even need Game Pass. And they're making cosmetic chain, uh, sales on that. They're making the battle pass on that. They're making money from there. So to put the money into campaign, to have production of campaign, to put that in there, to have people that just pay for Game Pass to get more DLC. You see what I'm saying? Like, are they giving that free DLC? Are they paying for that DLC? What's the structure? They don't know. Hence why they got rid of the campaign crew for 343, because they're like, ah, yeah. the multiplayer will, will keep it alive until mm-hmm. we decide what we want to do with this. Because if people, if you're coming in day one right now, you got it for Christmas, all of a sudden you download Halo off the Game Pass, you can yeah. play through the campaign. Someone in chat, who was it, that said, I just played Halo, I had a fun time, right? That's just <laughs> it. If you just, if you yeah. just play it, you're going to play the campaign. You're going to have a grand old time. You put it down and that's it. You move on. 
Yeah, yeah. Wheezy is clarifying. Jez said that the DLC was not in active development. That's not what the leak was. So I, he must have been responding to somebody else or some other rundown of this. The rundown that I read was they had plans for campaign and DLC. Joseph Staten was working with a small team. That doesn't surprise me at all. In some of the earliest marketing, Joseph Staten said that you would be going out on missions with your Spartan, and many of us started speculating they're going to try to slow bake this game into a Destiny-style game where your Spartan is your character. You're no longer going to play as Master Chief. That was Joseph Staten's view for the game, which is not surprising. He came from Bungie. He worked on Destiny in its earliest stages. So that didn't surprise me at all. And those things getting scrapped and leaning on the multiplayer only, that to me says, now's the time to ditch this engine. Now's the time to really dig down, hand it to a team and put this thing in Unreal 5 or put this thing in an engine that id software, ID software, Dooms Creator, let them have it or something instead of just continuing to use the slip space thing. Because it's like, what on earth? You're just going to do the same thing. You're going to put us on the same trajectory. Detective with another $5 tip says, I personally think they should convert all studios to Unreal 5. What are your guys' thoughts on having Xbox Studio games operating on one engine? I would love that. You already have the Coalition and Ninja Theory on Unreal 5. I think I don't think Bethesda could do it. I think Creation Engine's too endemic to their process. But I think you could convert a lot of the studios to Unreal 5. I think that makes it easier to hire talent, at the very least, because then when they come in, you have Unreal 5 devs that you can just hire, that you don't have to train on your engine. I still think the 18-month contract needs to go. It needs to go. But if you're going to keep it, then at least get more studios on Unreal 5 so your talent pool widens out in the industry. I I look at that a little differently. I don't want... I mean, I like the Unreal Engine. I think it's great. It's, it's much easier. What, what Tim Sweeney talks about, how the industry can uh, put all their assets and they can get faster. They can make things faster. But I don't want every every company using the Unreal Engine because I think that also stagnates like competition, right? And I think, you know, like Google has their proprietary stuff. Apple has their proprietary stuff. Like you have to have your proprietary systems for certain companies because you want to... You want to invest in your developers, right? And if everybody is if everybody's working on the same engine, then everyone's disposable. You see what I'm saying? As, as on a business aspect, right? Because if there's only one engine out there that rules them all, then the competition is going to be between the devs itself, and it's going to it's going to you're disposable real fast. Because if you're a person that knows their engine for their company, then you're you're there longer, and then you train people underneath you, and it has this like. Uh, mentor type of system. Like if they hire someone for Ubisoft or they hire someone for uh, another company that's using, um, what's, what, um, uh, EA, they're using the Frostbite engine, right? Mm-hmm. If they switch over to Unreal Engine and everyone's using Unreal Engine, then there is no competition. Everyone's just, eh, well, if you don't do your job well, you're gone, right? We just bring in the next person that knows Unreal Engine because everyone uses Unreal Engine. I don't know. I don't really, I don't really believe in one engine rules them all i like i like the fact that there's different engines for different companies and people that work for that company are longevity they're there that's why you see devs working for companies for 5 10 15 20 years because once they're there they're there the reason they usually leave is because they got bought out by a bigger conglomerate and they want to go start over again in their own new studio but for the most part the old timers stay with the same company with the same engine because they're masters of their craft for that engine instead of everybody knows that one engine. I don't know. That's just my thoughts. 
I would only I would only agree with you if they ditch the eighteen month contract policy because then you could bring people in and train them on your slip space creation well, no, or whatever engine. You're talking about I'm talking specifically across the whole industry. You're talking about Xbox only using the slip space and eighteen month contracts, right? Microsoft- the eighteen month contract the eighteen month contract is not standard around the whole the whole industry. Yeah. It's it's a Microsoft it's just, policy. Yeah, it's a Microsoft policy. Yeah, so if they acquire Activision Blizzard and there's a bunch of studios using using their own first-party engines, in walks the contract policy and screws all that up. It's like anybody right. you onboard walks out the door a year and a half later. I do disagree slightly, though, with what you're saying about it being, it being bad for competition because if everybody's on Unreal, it actually drives big talent and good developers to be sought after and paid handsomely and the other thing that you get is imagine somebody finishes working on a project their contract ends and they were working on some big unreal engine open world awesome game and then they come and they help out some other company they get hired and they could say hey we learned we learned all these tricks we learned all these loopholes with the engine that you can do I'm bringing my knowledge to the table. I think you get that. You don't get that when people come from completely different engines. Being able to come to the table and say, yo, I learned a bunch. I was working for four years over there. There's all these things you can do with Unreal that we figured out over the last five years. And a rising tide lifts all boats, right? That shared knowledge would raise the efficacy and the efficiency of anybody working in Unreal because all that shared knowledge would just start to go back and forth instead of everybody being siloed in their own tech i'm not saying as eugene says i'm not saying it's a swiss army swiss army knife engine i don't think everybody needs to switch to it but i think a lot of companies are switching to it and there's good reason too well they're switching to it because once the assets are made by anybody they're put into the store and they're shared and then you can purchase the assets that are already made so that saves a huge amount of time because if i have to build if let's say let's say uh, division two massive used unreal engine right and they built all of manhattan and they put it inside the the engine and someone's like i want to make a game it's set in new york well instead of paying someone to sit down there and create the whole buildings again they can literally just pay epic the licensing fee of whoever created that and then they can use those same assets right that that's the saving time of and grace i i look at this uh from a film standpoint when i went to school uh, the Avid was the editing software that everyone used, right? And then Final Cut Pro came into the mix. And everyone was Avid. Avid, 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 Avid. Well, Avid was this expensive uh, expensive system. And everyone had to know Avid. But then when Final Cut came in, it made Avid get better because if there's one, if there's one thing, they get lazy at what they do, right? You can use this as in sports with, with Madden football. There's one football game. So they're lazy at making that football game because there's no competition, right? So if there's only, in, in my opinion, if there's only one engine, competition-wise, sure, for developers, th- it makes it easier for developers and stuff. But for games in general, I think we become lazier. I, I, I don't, I'm not doing a direct shot at like developers becoming lazy. What I'm saying is it makes it easier, but then there's one person can make a bigger game and uh, it kind of waters down what it is. I, I feel like more people need to know more d- different things. You shouldn't just have one engine, one NFL, one one of anything. You should have multiple competitions, right? Like, for instance, we're on YouTube. There's Twitch, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, uh, uh, TikTok. There's other areas where you can stream. If there was only one, they could make the rules and do what they want, and then that's it. There's nothing, there's no competition. Well, I do think there's fears there of like, well, Epic would be able to control everything and raise the prices. But I also think some of what some of what people are saying is not demonstrable in the market. Like 
telling people that like oh if everybody switches to unreal it's going to dilute creativity and all the games are going to look the same like really does fortnite look anything like hellblade 2 do either of those games look like gears like games that are in unreal don't look like each other i don't i don't i don't think that's demonstrable in the market like epic with unreal and fortnite it looks nothing like hellblade 2 what's the same dadgum engine now i understand that concern of like well epic will raise the prices they'll control the market yeah, that's a possibility, sure. And, you know, Wheezy is mentioning the fact that it's happening with certain tech parts right now, like hardware pieces. Yeah, that can certainly happen, but you can also have the benefit of everybody using the same technology and being able to have that shared knowledge. Like, in film and even in music, if you have people that are super familiar with the same hardware, the same tech, the same cameras, the same recording equipment... Well, then any guy can get planted in the studio and help out. He can be hired and start working. I I don't know if it's a one-size-fits-all engine. I don't, I don't think that's true at all. I don't want everybody on the engine, but I do wonder if the larger studios will benefit because they need the largest staff, and then you have a bigger pool of people to hire from. Like, I don't think smaller studios should all be switching to it. I think they'd be the the easiest to be damaged by you know royalty changes, but I, I think larger studios could afford to do it. Well, also the the look. I, I like the Unreal Engine, but a lot of Unreal Engine. If you look at uh, Gotham Knights, if you look at um, what's the other game that's coming out, Hogwarts Legacy's Unreal Engine Four. A lot of people were talking about how Unreal Engine Four is not very good at open world stuff, but yet we have open world games coming out with Unreal Engine. And they're like struggling. So obviously, in this conversation, Unreal Engine is not the answer right now for one shoe fits all type of thing. There's certain engines that do better work with lar- large scale or first person shooters and stuff like that. So right now we're being we're being like fortune tellers to try to see what happens in the future with the thing right so right now there's plenty of other engines out there and certain times you you need a wrench you need a screwdriver you need a hammer you can't use one tool to use them all right so unreal engine is for particular types of games unity is for particular types of games and i think that's the way it should be and will be going into the future i just think unreal engine will be that engine until someone else comes up with something that that competes with it to bring things back to the the future of Xbox, because we we got asked that question, like should Xbox switch all their studios to Unreal? I, I do think some of them should consider switching to Unreal, and it it crossed three four three's mind apparently at one point they actually considered right. switching off. So let's place. So you know, let's springboard off of that. We've got we've got Starfield apparently coming this year, and now there's rumors swirling that it's gotten delayed again, and. I don't think that I do not think the Xbox layoffs have anything to do with that. As far as we can tell, the Bethesda departments that were hit were like publishing or something. So, what do you think the impact, though, of the layoffs and the contract policies that we're seeing exposed by former 343 employees? What do you think the impact that will have on not only Starfield, but future Bethesda titles? Like, we're looking at Bethesda right now struggling to get their two games out the door Redfall and Starfield and they don't even, as far as we know like most of these games were developed outside of Microsoft ownership looking at 343 and Halo Fallout 6 no, Fallout 5 Elder Scrolls 6 where do you you think we're headed with those titles and Bethesda under Microsoft ownership? So you're saying, well, see this is me just shooting in the dark because I don't know what the contract of Bethesda like. For instance, when uh, Bungie got bought out by by Sony, they had their strict contract saying that Sony is not telling us what to do. We're standalone. We do our own thing. So I don't know what the contract was for 
Bethesda to like after these games that are in production, any game after this, you have to use the 18 month contractual people. I don't know if that's a thing where Bethesda and Zenimax is they're still operating underneath their own, but they have the resources of Xbox and the uh, the Game Pass outlet type of thing. I, I don't know what they're thinking. If if they have to, let's say they're under contract and Fallout 5 and Elder Scrolls 6 comes out and they have to use the 18 months, I think we're, we're going to see a big shift of, of more poorly receptive games. Now, when I say poorly receptive, like games take three to five years. Like big games like this take three to five, if not longer, to develop. And the way the 18 month thing is going on, we know games in the past made in 18 months. Destiny was re re rebooted and then made in 18 months. Anthem was rebooted and made in like 13 or 18 months. Fallout 76 itself, I think, was made in like 12 or 13 months, something like that originally. And if if they're doing the 18 month contractual stuff, then games would take 18 months to get made and put out. All right, hear me out. So 18 months, you start on day one, 18 months later, that game is released onto Game Pass because it's first party title, right? So let's say Fallout 5 comes out, it would be 18 months development time. They would just throw it onto the system of, uh, of Game Pass because that's what they need to make money on, right? They need people to come in to get Game Pass. And Todd Howard himself, and I'm speaking about Bethesda now, said, and this is not out of context, he said, it's not about how the game launches, but it's how it finishes, okay? And he's always said in another statement, he said that, they were really upset that they couldn't have that connection with people that played Oblivion and Morwin and Skyrim, okay? Because once they bought the game, they were disconnected from it. Hence why Fallout 76 came, and they made it a, a light MMO. It, it fits perfect on Game Pass now. They developed it before they got bought out, but now it fits perfectly on Game Pass. People come in, they have, I think, I think it's like 13.2 million people have played uh, Fallout 76 on the on the system. And now... Going forward, they could potentially have these games that are put out 18, 24 months, and then they'll just fix it in year two, three, four, and five. And five years down the road, now the game is perfect. Look, look at the look at the examples that are already on Game Pass in the, from Microsoft. Sea of Thieves came out. I I play tested that game for two years, and when it came out, it was a, it was a shell of a game than it is today. It's awesome today. Lots of content to do in Sea of Thieves, but year one, it was it was developed for two years. It was launched after two years, and it was a half a game. Now it's out for six years, and now the game is really good. No Man's Sky, same kind of situation, right? Obviously, they're not part of Xbox, but they came out, small studio, 14 people. It was a shell of a game, and then all of a sudden, now you look at No Man's Sky, six years later, it's a fantastic game. So this is Fallout 76. Four years later, it's a fantastic game, but when it came out, it was in rough shape. So this is what I'm worried about. I'm worried about that Microsoft with the 18-month con contractual stuff is going to put games out early just to put them on Game Pass, and they'll they'll get fixed in year two, three, mm. four, five, right? Yeah, the, the challenge there is that if your prediction comes true, that Game Pass ecosystem is going to feel pretty crummy because if all you're doing is, is getting games that don't feel complete or they're busted or rushed to market, Game Pass... I would imagine a Game Pass subscriber, they're going to be the fastest person to throw the game in the bin and be like, I, I didn't pay for it, so I don't, I've got no skin in the game. You know, a lot of people use Game Pass as like, a, I try everything that, you know, kind of piques my interest. Well, if you're quote-unquote trying something, you're not going to play it for very long if it's like half-baked. So I, I think that would be the challenge, is that if that's the rhythm, because... You know, Jason B in chat was kind of giving me grief. He's like, they're struggling to get these games out. And it's like, 
Well, yeah, they've delayed Starfield and Redfall multiple times. I think it's fair to use that word, like they're struggling to get some games out, and Detective Seeds is kind of agreeing with me. He's like, you have 25 studios. Where are all the first-party titles? Yes, Xbox right now seems to be struggling to get first-party games to market. This could be the year that the cadence and the rhythm is set, and I would love for that to happen. Like, I don't. Do you think I like having a Series X with virtually no big first-party titles to play on? And it's a massive bummer. I'm really looking forward to playing Starfield. And if if Todd Howard's view of Starfield is, you know, it's not about how you launch; it's about how the game ends up. I I really hope they're not applying that logic to Starfield because all they're going to do is reinvigorate the memes and and the and the the vernacular of, oh, it's Bugthesda, and their games always need to be saved by the modding community. Enough is enough. I, I don't think you can continue to ship games in that way. I think that is a... That was an acceptable thing when you were you were kind of blowing the doors off gaming with things like Skyrim, where it's like, well, this is one of the only games like this. You know, everyone always wants to point to Oblivion and Morrowind, and I'm like, yeah, but Skyrim's commercial success was was undoubtedly the biggest game for them at that time. Like, nothing really rivaled it. There weren't other games out there like that. And and truth be told, if Microsoft has a pretty good year this year, and some of that's attributed to Starfield, the real question is, where do, where do we go from here? Without, without buying Bethesda, they wouldn't have Starfield and Redfall this year. They would, they would have Forza Motorsport and Minecraft Legends, and that's about it. So... Right. Where do you where do you see Avowed, Fable, Hellblade Two, and some of these other games landing? Are are we even going to see them in this year? Because if if we're talking the future of Xbox, you gotta have a cadence of games. You can't have one good year and then be like, "Hey, we finally had a good year." It needs to be continued every year. Well, look, the developers to go back a little bit. Uh, the developers, when games delayed or not delayed, this is BS, right? Because they know when the game's done, right? Like when you work on something, if I'm if I'm carving a piece of wood and I'm gonna sell this piece of wood, right? I know when I'm gonna be done with this carving, right? I don't say, hey, uh, I'm gonna I'm not gonna make a date up and go, uh, it'll be ready by tomorrow. I know what I can do and how to complete this this carving of the wood to get it ready to put up for sales, right? They know what they need the time for to push it out, right? They they're the ones that put out the date. They're the ones that put out the the, the stuff to say, hey, look. We're ready to show you this stuff, and then it goes dark, right? This is all on them. This is not on people like us on YouTube. I had a guy come in my comment section and say, it's people like you that report on stuff like this, why the games are delayed. I go, really? You really think because I say it's going to get delayed, they're like, uh, the guy with 1,500 subscribers uh, said that we're going to be delayed, so we're going to delay it, right? You're a moron if you think that, okay? Okay, so it's it's the companies themselves that set these unattainable contracts or unattainable dates that they're going to release the day on. And then they get mad at us and make articles about us. It's the fans. The fans are the ones that made this delayed. No, it's upper management 100% that make these games come out. The investors are, they want the return on money. They're like, well, you've had our money for three years. Where's the game? They're like, we got it. Don't worry. It's like, it's like borrowing money from your cousin. That's part of the mafia, right? Hey, can I borrow a hundred bucks? Yeah, yeah, sure. You can borrow a hundred bucks. Uh, you got interest. You got it tomorrow. Tomorrow, you got the money back? No, I don't have it tomorrow. Well, yeah, I, I want my payback. You're like, whoa, well, uh, what about Friday? Well, Friday, I'm going to have to give you a little bit more interest, right? You know what I mean? Like, that's 
that's what these investors are. So they, they want to see in turn revestment on this stuff. And these companies are forced, not the developers, the guys who make the decisions, not the developers. The developers are the worker ants, okay? But the 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 the, the queen bees up and up on top are the ones saying, yeah, November 11th, 2022, that's when the date is. And then all of a sudden, a couple of months before, they're like, ah, we're going to put it in the first half of the year. But we don't know the actual date yet, right? Mm-hmm. Think about this. The quickest game that Bethesda's ever released is Fallout 76, five months, right? From when they set it at E3 to when it launched was five months. Todd Howard in an interview with IGN three years ago said he would like to go even shorter than that. He would like to go less than five months. He said in even a week. He said, but don't quote me on it. I'm (laughs) quoting on you. I'm (laughs) quoting it. Okay, he said even a week. So now you look at their part of Microsoft and their part of Game Pass. Well, if Todd Howard wants to come out with it in less than a week, he could do it. You know why? Because he's not selling Starfield. They're selling Starfield on Game Pass. Game Pass is the seller, right? Sure, there's going to be people that buy Starfield. Sure, there's going to be people that buy collector's editions because whatever Bethesda puts out, those fans are going to eat up and buy. But majority of the people, if you have an Xbox right now and you have Game Pass, why would you purchase Starfield on top of paying for Game Pass when it's coming to Game Pass already, right? So a huge amount of people are going to buy it digitally, or they're just going to download it digitally from Game Pass. So all of this all of this with these delays, delays is going to be delayed. I do. I do think it's going to be delayed. But for that sprite moment of Todd Howard saying that it doesn't matter if it comes out broke or buggy. It's not how it start, comes out. It's how it finishes. And he wants to put a game out earlier than it's ready. They could come out February and say, hey, uh, here's Starfield in all its glory. And we're dropping it on Friday, on Tuesday. And they go, we're dropping it on Friday. That would right. make the internet internet blow up because everyone's like holy christ i was ready i was ready to get this thing like five six months from now that that time frame is getting shorter we're at the end of january here folks so now it's five months right even if they announced it in february right now it's five months the same amount of time as they they launched fallout 76 right and if they wait till the end of february now it's four months because first half of the year is june 30th that's Mm -hmm. that's the end deadline and and they're not launching it in the summer Summertime is the worst time to launch a video game because kids are on vacation. People are taking time off. There, are people have uh, uh, the kids that play the games get summer jobs. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happens during the summertime. That's why companies don't launch in summer. They launch before the summer, right? This is why they do after the summer. They don't do launch in the summer. So there's a lot of there's a lot of little factors here, and I think Starfield is 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 going to be. Bug and Brokey from Bug Bugthesda, right? And this is not me shooting them down. I love Bethesda games. I have every single one of them. Okay, I've played every single one. I enjoy it, but it's reality. It Starfield's not going to come out and it's not going to be perfect. It's gonna it's gonna have its problems along the way, but it doesn't matter because it's on Game Pass. That's it. Now, I don't know how much Game Pass is the huge focus anymore, though. They did say in recent documentation that it's only going to end up being about 15% of the revenue generation of the gaming division. They feel like it's plateaued on console. There's room to grow on PC. I think they're going to foster an ecosystem of purchase. They've already done this with Forza, and they're going to be doing it with Redfall. If you buy the deluxe edition, you can play three days early. So it's like, yeah, you can play it day and date on Game Pass, but if you pre-order the deluxe edition, you can play it three days early. Do you think I had a guy in my chat say, "Oh no, that's that's bull. That's that if if you can play three days before me, then I'm not getting to play it day and date." 
do you think the optics on day and date's going to shift on them if they if the if if the future of Xbox is we got to have both game pass but we also have to have people buying our first party games do you think that'll cause an optics disruption if they do that with game pass as well as those pre-orders and deluxe editions I want to put on record that I don't like the game pass model i like what what sony's doing with the first party titles right i like that they let the first party titles breathe first make their money up front and then they put it on sale and then it comes to their their platform i i agree with that business model said it before they even created their business model i said that's what game pass should do obviously i'm a game pass person i have game pass my son's eight years old he downloads games and deletes games on the fly right he just that's what it is um it's great for business but it's terrible for the industry so Xbox itself, I think, could do the kind of opposite, Lono. I think that they could give benefits to the people on Game Pass because that's the number they're trying to raise, right? They're trying to get more people to get Game Pass. So let's say if you pre-order, you still get it early. Let's say it comes out uh, April 1st. But if you pre-order, it comes out February 25th. But if you're a Game Pass Ultimate member, you get it two weeks early, right? I feel like they could push more of that towards Game Pass because that's what they're trying to sell, right? They're trying to shift the industry to where Game Pass is on television sets. There's rumors about the thumbstick they could shove into any game, uh, any television set. They're talking about the, mo- the it's on mobile uh, with the Project X Cloud and stuff. It's mobile devices, television sets, consoles. They want it everywhere. So I think they might push it where Game Pass is the is the spot instead of going. Hey, if you pre-order, pre-order is the old days. Right, you get the collector's edition. You get you get the watch. You get the space suit. You get whatever. Okay, but if you get Ultimate Game Pass, then you're gonna get an advantage of getting it even earlier because it's on Game Pass. I, I that's what I feel is gonna happen. Yeah, I, I've wanted them to do the same thing with like demos and trials. Like I I love what Sony does. It like to me again, it it fosters an ecosystem of purchase. It's like hey, you you can try this game out before you buy it like being able to play you know horizon forbidden west for literally for five hours before buying it if you are on premium i'm like man that's that's a killer killer value and i kind of think microsoft's approach is is a different way and i think what you're saying could work like get people up on ultimate and then they can play it you know, early as well or whatever. And then anybody who's not on Ultimate can get a discount. Hey, if you pre-order this deluxe edition, you get in three days early and hey, we're going to give you a discount. I think fear of missing out, FOMO, I think fear of missing out and 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 a, and a sale, a discount because you're a subscriber. I think both of those things could really, really help that ecosystem change into an ecosystem of purchase. And, you know, and, and, and Prozy is saying, you know, I got a bridge to sell you if you guys think Xbox is in trouble. I don't know where the confidence comes from in Xbox as a platform. Like, that's why we're debating and discussing the future of Xbox. If the Activision Blizzard deal doesn't go through, which there's a chance it doesn't. Like, the more you look at the objections from the regulators overseas as well as here, China hasn't weighed in yet. Amazon and Apple haven't weighed in. Google and NVIDIA just weighed in, and they're like, this could be bad for cloud, this could be bad for subscriptions or mobile. You think China's going to be okay with Microsoft suddenly owning a huge chunk of the mobile market? If the ABK deal doesn't go through, that actually could be a bad, bad situation for Microsoft going forward because Xbox almost shuttered. This is this is their chance. This is their this is their last hurrah in my mind. And 
if we're now seeing that the rhythm and the contracts are leading to Halo Infinite style games, what do you think happens in three to five years if that's what if that's what we get? If we get a fable that stumbles out the door like Halo Infinite, if we get a Fallout 5, if we get a an, another Gears game, what about Hellblade 2? There's all these titles that we're hoping are unaffected by what seemingly hurt 343. I don't know. We, we could see the beginning stages of the Xbox platform completely changing or just switching to a publisher. I, I, I look at it as, um, I mean, it is changing. The landscape of gaming is changing. But I, I don't like the live service, or I shouldn't say the, the not live service, um, the subscription service, mm-hmm. right? Because look at what happened to the music industry. Look what happened to the film industry. And now the same thing's happening Right, I'll bring up Blockbuster for the second time in this. Right, the the old days there was a video store that you would go rent your games or movies from, and they would have that would be like the Friday night they would have brand new, uh, brand new movies up on the rack, and there'd be like 20, 30 of them because that was the the hottest selling uh, movie at the time, and everything else in the store, right? Everything else in the store, there's thousands of movies, but you're running to that one little section to get that brand new movie that comes out, right? And now Netflix came out. And now you're running to the subscription service of Netflix and they you're only looking at the top 10 because there's so many pieces of game uh, movies on Netflix that you really don't care documentaries and stuff. Unless mm-hmm. someone bored out of their mind, clicks on a documentary and then tells your buddy, hey, did you see that documentary? It's on Netflix. You should, you should watch it. You're watching it for Red Notice or you're watching it for the next Ryan Reynolds movie or the next Adam Sandler movie, whatever, right? You're only worried about the top 10. That's what happens. That's what's going to happen with these Game Pass uh, or these, I shouldn't say Game Pass. That's what's going to happen with the PlayStation and and Game Pass, right? Where you're only going to look at the brand new games coming out. You're only going to look at the Starfield hitting the Game Pass. You're only going to look at the Halo. You're only going to look at Fable. There's any indie games there there's other games there or old games someone said there's you know a lot of old games they're not interested in but there are there are a lot of old games that people are like hey i've never played that before and that's interesting to them so they'll go buy it they just want that platform man they just want that platform xbox is about that platform they don't care about the the quality of the game because the quality will be there Mm -hmm. good enough it's not going to be terrible but it'll be good enough where you play the game just like someone played halo and said it's a great game just like when someone plays Starfield, they're going to be like, man, there's so much to do. There's 35, 40 hours of content. There's thousands of planets to go look at, right? And and that niche market is going to, going to be fine. There's going to be plenty of people who are just fine with it. I never said Xbox is in trouble. And in a way, shape, or form that I say Xbox is in trouble, I just said I disagree with the way the market is and how Game Pass is operating. Yeah, I, I've been I've been pretty hard on Game Pass as well because I do think that what you do is you've created what we call like dollar menu gaming syndrome. It's the idea that, well, why would I pay for games? Like imagine in 10 years, that's what so many people think. You got 25 million people. They're like, why would I play games? And look at the Xbox game pass effect. It has an effect on you. I do that now. I'm like, is it on game pass? Pass. Yeah. Is it on game pass? First, first thing I ask, do you have an entire consumer base now conditioned to be like, do is there a way for me to not buy this? Like that that's not that's not a, that's not healthy. And 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 honestly, I don't think that's Microsoft's big plan. I don't. If it's only going to be 15% of their gaming revenue, I think Microsoft's big plan is cloud. I think they want cloud. I think they and this is one of the reasons I think they want King Mobile. They want to get into the mobile market. And this was something I said the other day, a light bulb went off for me 
as to why Google might be against this acquisition of Activision Blizzard because if if Microsoft suddenly owns King Mobile, they could yank every single King Mobile property out of the Apple Store, out of the Google Play Store, and put it in their own storefront. And it's really easy to see how and why they would do it. They did it for Epic. They got Fortnite back on the Apple devices through the cloud, through the browser. So Microsoft has already proven they have the technical wherewithal and the willingness to help something exist on the Apple ecosystem outside of the store, outside of the reach of Apple's revenue share. And it's like, hey, wait a minute. We make a ton of money on Candy Crush and Call of Duty Mobile. I don't want microsoft to suddenly own that property they'll take it out of my storefront and that's a perfectly good reason for those companies to be against it what do you think the impact of microsoft's mobile ownership would do in 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 that situation do you think what i'm outlining is a likely outcome or is like nah they're not going to do that well i looked this up the other day uh the windows phones are like point point zero four percent of the market like they're they're basically non-existent right Mm -hmm, in the the mm -hmm. entire market I don't think that Microsoft, Microsoft likes money, just like other businesses, right? So I don't see them yanking Candy Crush, that's one of the top-selling games every single year on the mobile device, off of the number one selling platform of Google phones, right? I just don't see that happening. But here's an idea for Google. What about if you made a game yourself and put it on your your your, your own system, right? You know what I mean? They have mm-hmm. tons of money they could develop, but we know they can't because... They had a console. They just shut down after three years of Google Stadia, okay? And they didn't even have a studio to make their own games for their own system. They were reselling other people's games on their system with the worst business model sense in the world. Mm -hmm. So I think they're shaking a little bit because they're like, they could. They could potentially take off, uh, you know, Candy Crush and all the other games off off of their phone. But isn't Google or Android phones, isn't it, can't you use any software that you want on that phone anyway? That's why people like Right? Isn't that why they like the, using that phone? Because they don't hold you to what the Apple does. To you have yeah. to get their app store. You have to get their thing. You have to run their software. Isn't isn't that true? I mean, I don't know. I don't have well, a Google phone. But you have to think about this. There's a royalty split with the Google Play Store. There's a royalty split with the Apple Store. Think about what if they what if they did this? They push out an update to Candy Crush and Call of Duty Mobile. They have the devs push out an update, so all purchases in the game shell out to a cloud-based browser where they're no longer buying or doing microtransactions within the Apple Store or within the the Google Play Store, cutting out the royalty split with them. Like, Microsoft di- just did that for Fortnite. So, if if I'm Apple... I'm like, hey, wait a minute. This we we stand to lose millions here if sudden maybe even billions if suddenly Microsoft owns King Mobile. So that's why I think whenever Phil Spencer did that interview and he said, "Well, our real competition is Amazon and Amazon. Google." I I yeah. thought I think he looked at the future and thought, "No, no, no, Microsoft as a company isn't really concerned with Sony. Microsoft is concerned with the other companies that are trying to cut yeah. in the cloud and trying to cut in the mobile." Yeah, because that's the future. Yeah. And if this deal doesn't go through, what do you think of this theory? Creature said these companies are going to keep coming out against the deal. They're going to do it rhythmically. Apple's going to weigh in eventually and be against the deal. And if they shut the deal down, they all get to buy up pieces of 
pieces of Activision Blizzard for themselves. It'll be like it'll be like a fire sale. <laughs> it's like well, Activision Blizzard's you know gonna need to just start selling off their property and their their companies. I mean, is is that a distinct possibility here? Or if the deal doesn't go through, Activision Blizzard what just continues to operate on their own? Yeah, I think I think that's what it is. I I, I don't see that happening as a fire sale because if it what what a contradicted it would be if Sony was like we don't want Microsoft to get Call of Duty because it would just shift the thing but then they'll be like oh yeah we're gonna bid on just activision to get call of duty right then the eu would be like hold up wait a minute you just said that whoever owns this is going to be unfair advantage and now you're going to get it right so whoever buys it is going to be the same exact scenario right so i think the real problem here is great they stopped microsoft but who's to say that tencent doesn't come in and pick up activision blizzard or who says netties doesn't come in and pick up activision blizzard right so i i, I don't know there's who's to say that amazon bezos is like oh you know what we got a lot of money, so we'll just pick it up. They, they think it's an unfair advantage because Xbox all of a sudden is paying their way to become number one in the, in the industry, but Google could do it. Tencent can do it. NetEase could do it, right? Amazon could do it. So what's the difference? So is nobody allowed to buy these companies? Is nobody allowed to, to purchase any of these companies because they're the big uh, 34% of the, of, the, uh, of the industry? I don't know. I don't see it as a fire sale. I, I, if anything, they just don't get sold. And they just go back to being Activision Blizzard and maybe Bobby Kotick retires and someone else takes over the company. Yeah, yeah. I I think that right now we're going to see, I think, a shift in Microsoft's approach to gaming. My own prediction is if I'm Phil Spencer, I'm going to Microsoft and saying, listen, you know, Wheezy said this earlier, we've said this many times, that their corporate policies work fine for software, but not for a creative process. And if I'm Phil Spencer, I'm on my knees begging them, listen, you have to let us change some of this stuff. We've, we've got to let contractors stay on beyond 18 months. We've, we've got to be able, oh yeah, okay, we're going to pay them benefits. Fine. That costs us more now, but if we end up with a better product, it's worth it. It's an investment in the project. Like it's an investment in these studios. Like, I even said the other day, and that's why I got pretty fired up in my show open for this the other day. I was like, Microsoft, why don't you invest in your existing property and your existing studios? You're trying to buy Activision Blizzard. Look what you did to Halo. Look what you did to your boy. Invest in 343 or invest in a studio and empower them to be successful instead of just crapping out a minimum viable product. There's no way... If if I'm if I'm if I'm a corporate bigwig and I'm looking at this situation, I'm saying this isn't working. This 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 isn't working. We're just shipping bad games, or not even really shipping games. We just keep delaying them. We're not going to make our money back if we keep doing this. This guy says, "Bro, blaming contractors is totally dumb." Tell that to all the former 343 employees that said that incompetent leadership at 343 and the Microsoft contract policy are the two leading reasons that that game turned out the way that it did. Tell them that that we shouldn't blame the contract policy and you're going to look silly. Right. I, I mean, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, do you, do you think there's a possibility we see a change here? I mean, I do. I mean, look, you, you see, you see the quality testers unionizing now, right? You see the, uh, the uh, what happened to um, uh, Ubisoft, where, where all of a sudden he said it's it's your fault that the games are, are bad, and all of a sudden, the uh, the agency over in uh, is it France, I believe they they decided they were going to do a, a half day strike on the on the twenty seventh of this month. 
uh, because of, of what the comments he said, and then all of a sudden he backtracked. So I think a lot of things could happen where a lot of organizations or they start to make unionized stuff. Now, I don't really agree with unions. I was part of a union. I was part of the local 600 in, in the movie industry. And I obviously stand with my brothers and sisters when we had to strike, but there's there's good benefits and there's bad benefits to to, to unions. So we'll see what happens as the industry grows and changes. I, I do think there needs to be some sort of uh, uh, contract or something in place where the 18 months is just too too short of contract, right? They need to make it three years, mate, double it, right? Double it, make it make it 36 months or 32 months, 36 months, some, something along the lines of that, where at least if a game takes three years, three to five years, potentially you can hire somebody. And if you hire them, six months in they could potentially see that game out to launch or or whatnot especially with all these games coming out as live service or uh games of service same thing uh but on these streaming platforms they're making these these type of games so yeah i do i i, I see them changing the way they're structured and 18 months is too short so they might elongate that for longer periods well, and we need to call it what it is. The 18-month contract policy is so they don't have to pay benefits. It's not like some arbitrary number. And yeah. this guy's, you know, T-Bone saying, oh, I, I read that Naughty Dog's also doing that. No, they're not. There, there's no, nobody else is doing the 18-month contract policy. Anthem had the 18-month contractors, and look how that game turned out. That's false. They, Anthem did not have, Bioware did not have an 18-month contract policy in place. That is simply untrue. What happened with Anthem was pre-production and decision-making was so atrocious that Actual full production of the game only lasted 18 months. You're you're misstating. And they, and they, had, and they had seven years. They had seven years where yeah. they tried to figure out what they were doing, and then they they made it in 18 months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're you're misstating that. You're 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 conflating two things. Like yes. The line is that that Anthem was made in 18 months. It had nothing to do with contract policies, right? Detective Seed says, I researched this. Microsoft is the only one who has the 18-month policy. That's right. Typically, I've spoken to two different individuals who work in the gaming industry, and the contracts are usually for the life of the project. Or, if they're limited, it's a limited contract on post-production, like the QA departments are sometimes contracted for somewhere between 6 and 12 months, because you don't need the QA department the entire time you're building the game. Some companies actually use and outsource their QA to other companies. They did this with Cyberpunk. They don't even have their own QA department because that's just so much overhead. It isn't worth it. It's like, well, let's just have somebody else do it because you don't need QA until you're in post-production, until you're ready to start testing and running through like, hey, right. play this level over and over again. Is there any problems, well, right? I, I People don't know this, but I, I used to work for EA. I used to work for EA Tiburon. I was a contract worker as a game tester when I was going back to school. And that's all I did. I tested Madden games and all the sports games, and that's what I did. Every day you would come in, and you would just play and try to, uh, you know, bug glitches and run plays over and over to see what would happen. And uh, let me tell you, they don't have that anymore. <laughs> because you look at Madden, it's just absolute trash. It's absolute trash. But, yeah, there's a contract workers. You would you would see a rotation of people come in. You, some people would come in for a week because they just hated the job, and other people were under contract, and they'd be there for six months, or they'd be there for 12 months, or they'd be there for 18 months. So you're the reason that Madden's so terrible now. It's your no, fault. No, no, no. I, when I tested it, Madden was good. <laughs> when I tested it. You should do that. You should do a whole series of like playing through Madden and be like, see guys, like this, I tested this. This is why it's good. Like it's, if they would just hire me, like, you know, hire me back from the time that I did my, my quality work for them. 
the the Activision Blizzard deal with respect to Game Pass and third party and making assurances with Call of Duty and all of this I, I was actually pretty strongly against the deal because I think that level of consolidation is bad for the market I think we've seen that level of consolidation with cell phone companies, cable television companies, internet providers, and it's never been good for the consumer. It drives price up, there's zero competition, and the infrastructure doesn't get any better, because why? why who, who are they competing with? But I really, really went hard against this deal the other day when I covered this. I said, I don't want Microsoft to suddenly own all those Activision Blizzard studios and, and do what? Make them do what happened to 343? Like, what... What, what's going to happen to Bethesda when they have to start working under this, oh yeah, all your contractors can only be 18 months. I mean, look at what they did to 343. So, 343, according to Schreier, 50% of the staff was on these contracts, which means half your staff's walking out the door every every you know year and a half. Yep. And then they did a hiring freeze, which means about half the staff is no longer there. And at their peak, they had 450 employees, according to what I read. So that means they roughly lost 200-some-odd people, and then they lay off 60-something people. Well, what if you do that to all the studios under Activision Blizzard? What if you treat them all that way? You suddenly start heavily leaning on contractors, and they're all walking out the door every 18 months, and... And then you do hiring freezes because, oh, and think about this. The, if the game launch is poor, they're going to hiring freeze you. But the game launch is poor because of the contract reliance and the contract policy. So this is cyclical. We're going to do that to Fable. Fable's going to shit be bad. Oh, do a hiring freeze. You guys sucked it up. Try to fix it. So, which probably leads to crunch culture. Hiring freeze means you're constantly losing people and not regaining people. And and then here we are again. Like that's my concern is this is going to cyclically destroy every franchise, every developer that gets touched by this. It's the Midas touch, except it's yeah. not turning anything into gold. It's turning everything into crap. Yeah, I mean, well, again, I, I I keep saying it. Game Pass, the way the structure is, Game Pass. It doesn't matter if the game comes out and it's the uh, the best game in the world or bare minimum. It's all going on the same platform. It's just there as one of many games on a sea of games selling you that pass, right? They don't care. This is why they're just trying to get the number up. They want as many people. Starfield's going to get a lot of people. Trust me. It's going to get a lot of people to get Game Pass. They're going to they're hit their numbers. It'll, it'll probably go past 35 to 40 million subscribers on Game Pass, okay? And at that point, once they start getting their first-party titles in, the people I see, I see, I see you in chat. I, I'm already on Game Pass, but I see you in chat. There's those of you out there are going to look at it and go, "I'm not getting Game Pass. I'm not going to get Game Pass until that one game comes to Game Pass, <laughs> and then you're going to be like, uh, "Yeah, I'm getting it." But you won't you won't admit that you got Game Pass. You're like, "Oh yeah, I purchased it." Liar! You're going to be playing it on Game Pass, okay? And that's the way it's going to work. <laughs> game Pass is going to be the way that people play games because why would you pay seventy when you can pay ten? Here, here's someone said it earlier in the chat, and I missed it. Right. When you pay for something, you complete that game for the most part. Right. If you start playing it, if you paid 60, 70, $120, you want to play that game. You want to finish that game. And then once you're done with that game, you kind of put it down. Okay. But if you're just getting it on game pass, if you don't like that game, you're, you're done. You're like, I'm done. You delete it off your hard drive and you go down, you download another game. My son does that right now. He, we gave him Sonic frontiers on the switch. Okay. Cause that's what he wanted. And he played that game until he's blue in the face. Okay. We 
do a game on Game Pass, he plays it for one afternoon and is like, ah, and just deletes it and then downloads another game because he's there's no connection to it because you 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 didn't you didn't earn the money to buy the game that you wanted. You didn't purchase it. There's no there's no value there. The value is oh all of these games and I can just play whatever I want whenever I want. And every time a game comes out, you're like, is it on Game Pass? Is it coming to Game Pass right now? Monster Hunter Rise. I had no interest in the game. Guess what? It's on Game Pass. Guess what I'm playing? I'm playing Monster Hunter Rise, right? That's what's gonna, that's what it's gonna, that's what it is. Well, and the I continue to theorize that third parties weren't gonna want to be on Game Pass because they're gonna be like, well, I don't understand. We we need to make money in that first two weeks. Like Microsoft can write a fat check, but it also it also can really hurt how a game performs because you have an ecosystem of people not buying it, right? So. That's why I wonder if there's a better way forward for Game Pass and its relationship to third-party devs. Like, hey, we'll throw you guys on uh, the demo funnel and people can try out your game if they're a Game Pass subscriber. And then if they like it, they can buy it. And then let's put it on Game Pass in a month or two. And then that way Game Pass is getting a steady stream of games. But if it's a third-party game, it doesn't need to be on there day and date. Like, in my mind, it's like they went so hard on day and date. That's that. That's like almost like a snake eating its tail. It's like, well, you've just created like a self-consuming prophecy. It's like, well, everybody's just going to always expect Game Pass to every single time. It's It's, it's got to be day and date. It's got to be day and date. To the point right. that I had a guy in my stream saying, oh, if somebody gets early access, then I'm, I'm not... I'm not getting day and date anymore. Wait, oh, oh, okay. Well, I mean, that's just early access. They did it with Forza. They're doing it with Redfall. They did, you're not getting day and date anymore. Gemini Christmas. Like that can spread that entitled mentality of listen, man. I, I'm paying for Game Pass. I better, I, I better, I better get those games right on the money, right on the date. And then, how do you? If I'm Microsoft, how do I we- measure the success of Starfield? How? How do you measure the commercial success of it? You don't. If there's 30 million people on Game Pass, potentially you have 30 million people that are going to play Game Pass right off the bat. And then you have people that are going to buy it, right, on on PC. And then you're going to have a, a people that buy it on Xbox because they don't have Game Pass. But what what is there, 70? Uh, no. How many people? Because I forgot that it's also on. Is is Starfield on Xbox One or is it just on the, the next-gen systems? Just next-gen systems. Okay. Yeah. So, so how many how many systems are out in the in the in the world right now? Uh, the total, I don't know. I know Series S is outselling the X because they made more and it was cheaper. Is it above? Is it above fifty million? Is there fifty million systems out there? I don't know. No, no. Check, 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 check me. Uh, check the facts. Uh, chat. Well, how many how many Xboxes are out in the in the world? Roughly, right? roughly what, twenty. Tw- roughly twenty million is what chat's saying. Twenty million. Great. Not all those people have Game Pass, right? Because there's only. 30 million people that have game pass right well the 30 million number the 30 million number was a projection it's actually according to microsoft it's like 25 still 25 million 27 or whatever it is but that's also counting the xbox one that people have game pass on there as well and pc so so let's just say 10 million people out of the 20 million people have game pass right well great that's 10 million people that are going to try it which that's a successful game by the way that's that's a tremendous game that's that's top 10 of from last year call of duty elden ring lego star wars they all had more than 10 million uh 10 million sales in in uh, video games last year okay uh pokemon scarlet violet whatever also had 10 million in three days so if 10 million people have game pass on the new systems potentially that's how many people could try 
and and potentially pay for or play mm -hmm. Starfield. So that's ten million, including, and then you're going to have a two million. I would say I would say about two million, three million people that will buy it on top of that, right? The people, the other other ten million people that didn't have Game Pass, they'll probably buy uh, Starfield. So I don't think you'll see the sales numbers. Because obviously, unless it's outrageous, they're not going to tell you. Like Starfield, or I'm sorry, not Starfield, Cyberpunk, they made all their money back on pre-sales. And then they sold another 5 million after the game came out. They sold like 12 or 13 million total. And they told you that out loud. They're like, hey, we made all our money back in the, in, in the, in the product. Unless Microsoft does that type of numbers, they're not going to tell you anything. They're just going to be like, oh, they're going to tell you how many people are playing or how many people logged in or how many hours were played or something along those lines because that's that's the marketing material now yeah yeah and i yeah starfield will also be on uh on pc on pc game pass and I, to me that is the ultimate question are we going to run into that netflix effect where netflix will be like hey we've got this great new show and everybody subscribes to watch the show and then season two comes out and it doesn't impact subscriber numbers. And so it's like, well, we can't measure the impact of this show anymore. Cancel it. And that would be the concern, right? It's like, well, are you going to launch games to generate those subscriptions? And then what happens to future content plans? What happens to sequels? Like, do you say, well, we can't measure the impact. So you've got to do a new IP. Like what's Microsoft's philosophy going to be for ongoing content models for games, for for DLCs, expansions, for for sequels, are they going to say, "Well, it's not going to impact, it's not going to impact our subscription numbers"? So you need to do something else. You need well, to go, go ahead. ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say you, you need to move to a new IP, we, or, or we're going to shut you down. I mean, they could just start shuttering studios. Be like, "Well, you did your job. You cranked out a game. It impacted our subscription funnel for Game Pass, and now we." now we don't need you anymore well starfield's a weird beast because we don't it wasn't created by microsoft they bought the company and then they're putting it on game pass right like all their first party titles like forza halo sea of thieves uh minecraft all of them have the model of where like you could buy minecraft dungeons or you could play game pass minecraft dungeons and then the dlc you have to pay if you want to pay for the dlc you have to pay the dlc uh forza is is on game pass but then they have the season pass they have the different cars that might they have a marketplace in there sea of thieves is the same thing it's it's free you could pay 40 dollars for the game when it came out uh or you could just play it on game pass and then you pay for the cosmetics and, and whatnot and that's how that stays so it all depends on what it is starfield we don't know what that is we, we don't know if there's a dlc down the line Right? We don't even know when the game's coming out yet. So we don't know what their structure is. As Is it going to be a marketplace down the road? Like, Is the game going to come out and be a single-player game? That's it right off the bat. And then all of a sudden, uh, they add DLC that you're paying for on Game Pass? Or are they going to be selling a marketplace where you have different ships that look different, but like you have the ship in the game, but you can put a skin on it, right? Are they going to sell the skin of a new ship? We don't know the business model yet of, of Starfield. So that's why Starfield's a little weird. Uh, because they were they were bought and then put into the into the market instead of being built from from the ground up. Well, and people in chat are saying engagement. Engagement is the metric, but what does engagement do? Like, what does engagement hit, hit do? That, hit that like button. Like Netflix, <laughs> Netflix had engagement. People watched their TV shows. That didn't put money in the coffers that didn't that was not return of investment like it that doesn't right. 
that doesn't work that would be like me saying oh I'm getting engagement as a live streamer Let, let's say all of a sudden my viewership doubled because I started doing some sequence I started investing in some show that I was doing right I'm spending right. tons of money investing in some live show here on YouTube and it doubles my viewership you know a thousand thousand viewers but my audience rejects it largely and my my paying membership plummets well that engagement isn't gonna make up for the fact that i'm losing money i'm spending more than i'm getting like that's my question like the business philosophy and business strategy here for microsoft going forward what what do you do with your property if you keep putting it on a on a on an ecosystem of get 25 million and growing 25 million to 30 million people don't have to buy this game we're right. measuring the engagement then then what are you doing with it what does that does that I communicate mean, something like oh people are going to stay on game pass cuz they're engaging with the games well someone asked in chat earlier so i pay 180 dollars and 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 that's it for yeah what do i play i personally i play a couple games but my eight-year-old plays pretty much everything. He just goes down the list, downloads a game, and plays it. So that $180 to have my son play that that model, he have fun. Because if I went out every time he liked a game and bought it, I would be broke, right? I would be $60 every time he wanted a game. And right. I can't afford that, right? So the the model of, of, of Game Pass in the future, I don't know how they do that. I read an article about uh, smaller independent developers. Uh, they're worried. They said the, cult, the culture of... The people that used to buy games are now basically buying a service and unless you're an independent developer right off the bat of a brand new system you get you get uh saturated and your games don't get shown as much because it gets buried and as as the uh fiji is the name of the 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 production company or the the publisher they make like tunic they they put tunic out there and everything right so there's outliers like an ori like a tunic like a hades where those independent developers they they're wells and they make their money but for the most part, independent developers on Game Pass, they get saturated. So if they don't get their game out when the systems come out right away, they get lost in the mix. And the only way they make profit now is that they sell their game to the service. So it would be on PlayStation. And let's say they they, they thought they were going to sell 100,000 copies. They go, okay, we'll give you the money for the 100,000 copies. Or they'll give them a little bit more so they made their money back, Right. Or they could take the risk of putting it out there, not getting any money. But if there's no monetization in that game, then that's it. You're selling them a game on Game Pass, but no one's buying it. They're just they're just playing it on Game Pass. So independent developers are worried right now that the way the service is, and we talked about it, how people just, is it on Game Pass? Is it on Game Pass? We're, we're changing the culture of what it is. What have you done for me lately? What game are you putting on Game Pass that I'm paying $10 a month for right. or 15 bucks a month for that's going to be good enough for me to, to, to play? So same thing goes with the with the big companies right so i like someone said that they're they're paying for starfield because they they're paying for the developers I, i'm sorry do you think that bethesda is not part of microsoft because mike you paid to bethesda bethesda now hands the check over to daddy and daddy's like thank you very much for your percentage and we'll let you keep operating here and you still have your jobs because that's how it works they're not a separate company they're underneath the umbrella of microsoft so yeah. you paying for the game or you paying for game pass is still going to the devs based on your engagement because if game pass if one person's paying 10 bucks or 15 bucks a month and they're only playing starfield that person's percentage is going towards starfield then right they're paying that money and they're like oh this user paid ten dollars and the majority of that money is yours because that's what they paid that's how it works right so 
you saying you're going to buy Starfield or you're going to rent Starfield, doesn't matter. It's all going mm -hmm. to the same pocket of big, mm -hmm. bad Bill Gates. You know what I mean? That, that's going to his pocket. So I yeah. don't think the I don't think the the uh, the Game Pass model moving forward, they, they have to be monetized in some way, shape or form. If it's not a mm -hmm. if there's no marketplace, there's DLC. If there's no mm -hmm. DLC, then there's a marketplace. Yeah, the Claymores is this username, and they, they're, they're kind of agreeing with what you said. They said, engagement is a profit metric for live service games for microtransactions. You know, the, you get more engagement, you get a yep. higher percentage of microtransactions. He said it doesn't work as a profit metric for subscription services like Game Pass. That's exactly right, because without what Mike just said, without microtransactions, without monetization, then what are you going to get? Because I told people that I predicted... And, and this hasn't come true yet, so this I may be wrong, but I thought you're going to get a lot of monetized games on Game Pass in the future because they're going to start to say, this is the best fit. This is the best fit. You fill the funnel with players. Game Pass is amazing for that. It's an amazing value. Like you said, your kid's just, you know, game after game after game. He's just jumping in, jumping in, jumping in. Well, that's perfect for a game that's heavily monetized. You get them in, you hook them, and they're right. like, this is great. And oh, all evidence points to people spending more in microtransactions when the game is free if you saw those like pie charts they showed that one time in a presentation about like mobile games that were a dollar versus mobile games that were a free the micro spending was astronomically different it's like it's a dollar for the game and yet they spent that dollar they expect to spend way less in the game so game pass can foster that with monetized games now that doesn't mean you're going to get bad monetization but it certainly means that's the best fit. And so if I was Microsoft, that's what I would be considering. You know, Sony buys Bungie and wants to have like 12 live service games before 2026, right? If I'm Microsoft, that's what I'd be on the hunt for. Right. Let's get some live service games for Game Pass. There, that's where the money is because... Yep. You're going to have people thinking, oh, I'm getting a great deal here. Well, yeah, really? I mean, a lot of these live service games probably would have been free anyway. But then Microsoft can pad the value of Game Pass and say, boom, day and date, play this game. And it's an ongoing game. Microstore, Cosmetics, Battle Pass. That's where the money is. It's, and, if, and if I'm a Game Pass holder, and I am, I'm not really against that. I'm not. But right. if I'm a Microsoft business strategist, that's what I'd be setting my sights on. Right. Big, huge titles like Starfield with humongous budgets. If you don't have any ongoing monetization, what on earth? Like how is how does that how does that get you ROI? That just seems incredibly expensive. This is why I think Starfield down the road. Obviously, we they haven't said anything yet, but I do believe after year one, they'll input something that makes it like co-op or multiplayer modes or something i can't imagine having a game like skyrim's tremendous right skyrim's tremendous the world's tremendous when you play that game now you're taking starfield and there's a thousand planets now we all know when we played no man's sky most of those planets that you went to there's what what was there a 10 8 trillion planets or something right it would take you a lifetime to go to every single planet most of those planets are just desolate and they weren't they, they were just procedurally generated. It was boring, right? So, obviously, Starfield is not No Man's Sky because Starfield has story, depth, depth in-depth story, you know, RPG me uh, mechanics and, and whatnot. But once you're done with that 35, 40-hour story and you start exploring, it's going to be boring and lonely, right? And someone says, why would someone play for a single-player game on, on, on Game Pass? People pay for a lot of things for, for no reason, right? They forget. They, they rented it or they buy Game Pass for a month and then they forget to cancel. And then all of a sudden... 
but most people will try a different game. I think the stat is like 60% of people on Game Pass try different games because they pay for Game Pass. They, they wouldn't try. So, But Starfield, to me, feels weird because we don't know... Uh, and maybe maybe they did delay it. Maybe they had a, a reason they delayed it from November to to earlier because they're still working on something after the fact. That's something co-op or uh, a different game mode, something to have that interaction. Because once you're done with the single player story, I know there's people that are diehard uh, Bethesda fans. They'll go in with a different build, uh, you know, no gun build, a melee build, whatever build. They'll they'll do it through Starfield, just like they did with Skyrim, just like they did with Fallout. But, but the majority of the population, what's bringing them back? If it's an empty planet, they're going to get bored and they're just going to stop playing, right? So there's got to be that uh, an empty planet by yourself is boring. An empty planet with your friend is fun, right? So I, I feel like they're going to add something down the line to make it multiplayer. Well, and Robert Jones says, I don't think every Game Pass game has to turn a profit. Some of them are just made to keep users subscribed. Yeah, and if the games that are designed to do that are the most expensive games, that's that's a Netflix bubble burst if I've ever seen one like you're just going to keep shoveling money at enormous titles that bubble will burst if the biggest budget titles are designed to do that that's a lot of that's 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 very expensive right? right and that's why I'm saying like you gotta have some monetization on there and we are five days away from the Xbox showcase so we know you got Redfall Minecraft Legends Forza Motorsport and I'm forgetting one of the other titles that'll be there. Oh, ESO will be there. Do you have any predictions about that showcase, Mike? There's people that are like, well, they're going to announce the Starfield showcase at the end to get people to watch it. I, I, I think Minecraft Legends actually has a ton of potential. It looks really, really cool. And then obviously Forza Motorsport, I think will be a top tier game. I think it'll be a, a good game. And then Redfall, right? We, any predictions on when these games land, how they land, and, and what do we see in this showcase that's landing? I mean, again, the Xbox showcase is five days from now. We will be covering it. Not 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 necessarily Mike and myself, but we'll cover it on this channel. I'm sure Mike will cover it as well. What do you think? What do you think we see? I mean, obviously we see Redfall and we'll get the actual date because rumors is like May 2nd or whatever it is. So we'll we'll see more gameplay and, and I think we'll we'll get more of what that game is, right? Because right now, even though they came out and said like it's like Far Cry. I still don't think it's like Far Cry. I still think it's more like Back for Blood, but just open more open world map, you know, like bigger maps, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we'll see more of the, as I call the meat and potatoes of what that game is, because we really don't know a lot about that game. Uh, Minecraft Dungeons, or I'm sorry, Minecraft Legends is, is another game I'm interested in, uh, just because I love the franchise of Minecraft, and I really like what they did with Minecraft Dungeons, so I'm interested to see what they do with this real-time strategy, uh, their, their take on this. Um, the For- Forza Motorsports, I'm not a big fan. I like the Hori- For- Forza Horizon, and I'll be honest, the only reason I play it, guess what? It's on Game Pass. <laughs> uh, so I'll, I'll probably play this when it's on uh, when it comes out because nothing out of my pocket. Uh, and then I think we see that unannounced title that, um, uh, what's it called? The ESO staff. What I forget their name. Um, Zenimax? Zenimax, they they they've been working on some IP for five years that they haven't announced yet. So I'm interested to see if they if they show that at the at the that's the big thing I'm waiting for. Yeah, I was hoping that Rare would be there with Everwild, but the creative director apparently just left. So I'm like, oh, here we go again. Like, is this another title that's in trouble? Because I, I actually like Rare and I like what they've done with Sea of Thieves. I wish they did more with it. I you know I, I was just saying the other day. 
you know, I, I, I readjusted my position and said, hey, make the PvE better, and I don't care about the threat of PvP anymore. I think the threat of PvP is what makes that game feel good to be in it. Right. But they just did an update recently, and not surprising, the community turned it into a grief central, and they're having to do an update to stop put a stop to it. It's like, well, that's the, the bed that you made. That's the community that's still playing. It's just a bunch of griefers. Um, as far as the showcase goes... I think we're definitely getting a Redfall date. We're going to get a hard date for Redfall. Sven is saying Avowed. No, Avowed won't be there. Hellblade 2 will not be there. If we see anything from Hellblade 2 and Avowed, it'll be at the Xbox Bethesda Showcase in the summer. This is all about, in my mind, this showcase is about the first six months of this year. Like, what is coming? Or Yeah, I would say six months. I would say the whole year. I would say what's, what's coming out the whole year. But everything they've listed that's that's at this showcase was at the Xbox Bethesda showcase last year, which meant it has to come out within the first six months of this year. Because oh, that's true. That's what they that's said. True. That's what I think it's for. I think this is basically they're gonna they're, they'll start kicking off every year with the January showcase. It'll basically be like this is the first six months, and then they'll use the Xbox Bethesda showcase in the summer to be like, here's the rest of the year and next year. Like they're always going to do that. Like basically, I feel like every six months we're going to hear from Microsoft. They're going to do some time kind of a showcase. January, mm-hmm. June, January, June will be the rhythm, and that leaves a lot of questions about the Starfield showcase. Where do you think this is landing? When are we going to get this showcase? Ah. Uh- I look. I, I said this briefly earlier. I think the game gets pushed back into the second half of the year. I I don't know why. I just I, I feel like they need more time. But if it comes out early, it doesn't matter. Guess why, chat? Guess why it doesn't matter? It's on Game Pass, right? So I do think that they're going to come out with it in February. It will be the showcase in February. Okay. Okay. That'll that'll give them two two reasons here. I think that if Todd Howard's a crazy man, which I think he is. And he does decide to just drop it on us. I think the hype meter goes up like dramatically where he says at the, and I, th- I think it will be like mid February. Right. So I, I'm going to think, well, mid, you know what? Let me look at a calendar real fast. Let me, let me <laughs> quickly look at a calendar. I think the showcase on the 25th. So I'll say February 22nd, which is the last week of the last Wednesday of February. Right. So they'll, do the show at the end of February because they love doing stuff at the, at the end of the month. Okay. And then at the end of that showcase, there's maybe a chance he goes and it comes out March, whatever, which is in a couple, couple weeks, like two weeks, three weeks. Right. And that would just drop. Everyone would be like, Oh my God, Starfield's coming out. And people would be like ec- ecstatic about it. But at the same time, I think they show stuff and they don't give us a date <laughs> and they just kind of drag it along because I don't see them. If it's not ready, they have four months, right? They have four months after that, that, that showing in February to mm-hmm. drop it. And mm-hmm. in my mind, they don't drop it in June because they're not going to drop it in the summer and may is Redfall, And I don't think you drop it near Redfall too close. Right. So that means that means April, right? You get it out before Redfall, it leapfrogged Redfall, so obviously I think it's pushed out of the first half of the year and I want to say October, November is when I think it, it, it actually comes out. Mm-hmm. So there's no way they do the showcase without a release date. <laughs> I don't think people, it would, that would be a very bad idea. So I think the, I think the showcase comes with a release date no matter what. I think it will be raw 
uncut gameplay. Somebody holding a controller and playing. Right? On stage. Yeah. On stage. This will likely spin up the is it 30 FPS or not. I'm I'm absolutely ready to get out the bat if this game is capped at 30 FPS on the Series X. That's a joke. Even pro Xbox guys are saying that. They're like, you better freaking not do that. So I think it'll be raw, uncut gameplay. A guy with a controller actually playing, you know, Todd, maybe Todd, maybe somebody else, you know, he'll be sitting there talking, obviously. They will they will have Todd there in an amazing leather jacket. And I think I think June is a extremely unlikely date because you have Final Fantasy 16 and Diablo and you have all the marketing. You have Summer Game Fest. You have more than likely E3. You have the Xbox Bethesda Showcase. That that month is all about marketing. I don't think they're going to try to release then. I think this hits October. 10-10-23 is my prediction. I, I think... I think 1010 sounds nice. Then it doesn't matter what part of the world you're from. That date's un- now universal, and it's a nice Tuesday. Uh, you know, I think that works. I-, I think they like to do that with the date. And if they yeah. did, if they did nine nine or eleven eleven, that has it landing on like a Saturday. So I Saturday, think 10, yeah, ten ten twenty three just looks nice. It looks like it's like at that binary look. You know, zero. You know, what about one, zero. what about what about twelve twelve? Twelve twelve is a Tuesday. Twelve twelve twenty three. Yeah, twelve twelve twenty three is another potential. I, I could see that too because you know you get the holiday sales. You land just in time for Game Award. No, no, you got to land first half of November for Game Award nominations. I don't know if they oh, would want to basically kick it outside that window, but it might be good to kick it outside that window. This is a stout year for game releases because oh, you yeah. have Spider Man two, you have Diablo, Hogwarts. you have Final Fantasy sixteen, you have Hogwarts. Um, it's it's a very full year. Big big titles. Jedi Survivor. A lot of big names are going to be in contention for uh for for game of the year, and they they may really like that. Now there's this continued rumor about oh it's coming in March, March twenty three twenty three, which is not how they like to choose dates. I, that's that would be confusing. Um, and and they're going to have a Super Bowl commercial. Do you think this has even a shred of merit that we see a Starfield Super Bowl commercial and a March release date? Because you just said they could drop the bomb, and be like, "Yeah, man, February, sh- you know, showcase, and it's coming next month." Like, what, 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 what's the likelihood on that one? Give it a number. What, what about the Super Bowl commercials? Just a commercial for the 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 showcase. Oh my <laughs> gosh, I don't see and, that, and, and and not the actual date. No, I, I I can see it happening. I can see it happening at. Uh, at the Super Bowl, like advertise uh, when the date comes out, but that means the Super Bowl isn't it on like the second week of February? February uh, uh, sports ball. I forget. I forget what it is. It's <laughs> I'm I'm running. February. I think it's February, February the twelfth. February the twelfth. Two 12th. days after Hogwarts. Yeah. So it it could be it could be they they have a commercial and tell you, but that means they that means the does the showcase come before the Super Bowl, which means it's like a week after the other developer thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like that's too close, isn't it? Like they're not going to have a developer a live event at the end of January. And then a week and a half later, they're going to show you the trailer and then have a commercial at the Super Bowl and then tell you when the delete, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Yeah. Are they announcing, are they announcing the date at the event or are they announcing the date at the Super Bowl? You see what I'm saying? Mm, that would be, yeah. See, 
I think you just did a really great job of shooting down that theory that we're getting a Super Bowl commercial with the date and a March date because that would be well. well so what are you gonna you can blow your wad at the Super Bowl and then do what? Do a showcase to show off gameplay? You right. want people to be in hot anticipation for that date and you're going to give them the date of the showcase I actually think you just did a great job shooting that rumor down I, I, I do think the guy who originated with the rumor said it's more likely going to be an Xbox commercial and maybe oh, it yeah. does include at the end like here's everything coming this year and we have a showcase for one oh, of our yeah. biggest titles it's not an Xbox commercial it's a Game Pass commercial <laughs> there you go there you go yeah yeah I I've got a, a good feeling about Starfield. I do. I like. I look at this game and I think this is going to be a great game. I do. I think it's going to be uh, one of those experiences that isn't really matched right now. Right? Everybody's going to say this is what. I, I guarantee you, there'll be people that will say this. This is what I wanted from No Man's Sky because No Man's Sky is delivering excellence, but it's not delivering space RPG. It's delivering right. space exploration simulator. It's very different, as well as survival elements. I do. I think there be going to be people that say that it's going to give that. I want to. I want to be Captain Picard. I want to have that Star Trek fantasy of making my ship bigger and better, and have a staff, and have you know, and and adding different equipment to the to the to the ship. I I think this will be a good game, maybe a great game, but the concern is launch timing because I I do think there is that that potential theory is still lingering. It got shoved out of this year. Do you think there's right. a possibility of that? I don't think it's shoved out this year. I and the only reason I say that is because Game Pass. I I think they they need titles to come out this year for Game Pass for Microsoft. So if it's ready or not, it goes back to my conversation earlier. Even if it's not ready, they're gonna put it on Game Pass this year. They they got to get it out on, on Game Pass this year. The Redfall, uh, Starfield. What what? There's another game coming out. There. Oh, actually. A bunch of them if they do if they do uh, minecraft uh, legends right so there's going to be at least five to six first party title games coming out this year supposedly right so um they, they need it to happen yeah lies of p just got added to i believe the sony store with its placeholder and it is saying 2023 and i believe lies of p has been billed as a game pass game as well that game actually uh we looked at some numbers people that play tested it and people who are not fans of FromSoft games and have not played FromSoft games actually enjoyed lies of p which is interesting to me because it looks like that game is going to kick the living crap out of you as far as this as far as this year goes yeah we, we we've obviously been discussing the future of xbox and we really appreciate all the chat engagement guys thanks so much make sure you're smashing like Continue to put your comments in chat. I'd love to hear from chat on this one too. What's the what's the game this year that you are? It's a must play. It's the biggest one for you. What's the biggest title? Oh, see, I, someone asked me this last night on our podcast. They're like, "What's what's that one game that you would play this year?" Like, if you only could pick one game this year, what are you going to play? And it's tough, man. This this first two months of the year, we have Hogwarts and we have Star Wars, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor. And I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I really love uh, Fallen Order when it came out. But if 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 I have restraints, you didn't give me restraints. But if I only have one game to play this year, I'm not picking Star Wars Jedi Survivor because once I beat that game, I'm putting it down. Mm. So I think it would be Hogwarts because Hogwarts seems like a game that you could put hundreds of hours in based on with the different houses and the way the uh, the different 
paths you can take and then also just how large it is, right? So apart, I, I'm cheating here. It would be Jedi Survivors, my, my most excited game because I'm a Star Wars fan. But if I only could pick one because I had to play it all year, I would pick Hogwarts, Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, I think it's tough for me because as as a content creator, I'm looking at Diablo 4 and thinking, man, I can do a lot with that. I can play that with my wife. We we loved playing Diablo 3 together. So it's I almost have to pick Diablo 4. But then, yeah, I look at Jedi Survivor. And I mean, I just did a video the other day. Like, I want it to be more like Sekiro, like really tighten up the combat. They've got the five stances. I just went back into Ghost of Tsushima last night. I just, I love that. Like being able to change stances and have that affect combat. And, you know, a lot of people in chat are, are saying Hogwarts. Uh, I saw a lot of, a lot real, of Hogwarts. Real quick, I want to cont- uh, comment on Creatures thing. I don't know if Transformers is coming out this year. There's no date for that game. But if Transformers is coming out this year and we get a date this year, if the beta comes out, I'm playing Transformers, like, hands down. But we don't have an actual date, so I can't say Transformers at all. Yeah, I, I, I'm the same. I'm the same, because we have a couple of games that we we don't even know if they're coming this year. Because someone's like, I can't believe you didn't pick Hellblade 2. And I'm like, we we have rumors about Hellblade right. Two. Do you know something I don't like? Do do we have a date that we don't know about? Well, th- there's no way Hellblade Two is coming this year. I mean, this is under the, the the subject of of the future of Xbox. According to the developers themselves, it wasn't even in full production in 2021. In the middle of 2021, it hadn't entered full production yet. There's no way they built Hellblade Two in in two years. There's just no way. I mean, right. I, they're not that big, and it's 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 a if you saw the initial gameplay reveal that's an ambitious title man they're do, they're doing awesome stuff with do, that game do they use unreal engine 5 don't they yeah ue5 yeah i don't know it, 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 potentially two years it could work for that because the the system's meant for stuff like that right they can use assets again and they can they can bring stuff over so potentially they could bring it out early well not <sighs> early but within two years i don't want them to they were taking their time with like recording different sound effects and stuff and traveling to different sites i i can't see that if they're taking that level of care and artistry i can't see two years because we don't even know i'm saying two years if they were not in full production in the middle of 2021 we don't know when it entered full production it could have not entered full production for another six months after that which means what you think they built it in a year and a half i just don't think so uh, Chat. The only reason I didn't pick Spider-Man Two is I don't own a PlayStation Five, so I that that's 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 a no, a no no bueno for me because I don't own a PlayStation Five. So Spider-Man, even though I love Spider, this is the year that I, that if you're a nerd, okay, you got you got Harry Potter franchise basically. You got you got Hogwarts. You got Star Wars. You got Avatar. You got you got Spider-Man. You got Marvel. Right. You got potentially transformers there's a lot of there's a lot of ip brands when you if you were a kid in the 80s and 90s man there it's booming yeah what do you think of tears of the kingdom the the zelda game did you play breath of the wild i did here's the funny part i we got a switch like two years ago and i was my wife makes fun of me she's like you just wanted the switch for your son so you could play zelda and i was like i was like damn right right so i i started playing it but i never finished i'd never finished i would <gasps> I, w- I was doing i was doing uh crazy hours like late night streams and and, and whatnot and yeah i taking care of my son during the day and like some i'm a stay-at-home dad so 
I was exhausted, and every time I would sit down and play, I would fall asleep because it's the, the music is so tranquil. <laughs> and as I'm going through, and I was like, I can't, I, I, I never finished. I never finished. I never went back to finish. But me playing it, I loved it. But because I haven't finished the first one, I'm not picking up the second one until I finish the first one. I, that's good policy. I, I would recommend finishing it. It's amazing. The, the final fight is very, is just, it's pretty epic. It's, it's very, very well done. The apparently. This is way off topic, but we, we've the future of Xbox debate. Feel free, chat, weigh in on anything we talked about. Like, I want to know when you think Starfield's coming. Wh- who ends up building the next Halo? Because it ain't going to be 343. Let us know in chat what you think. But we're shifting a little bit here just to kind of talk about the rest of the year. Apparently, the next Zelda, you know, Breath of the Wild 2, Tears of the Kingdom, is the last big mainline first party title for the Switch. We're going to get an announcement this summer about the next Switch, which will be landing holiday next year, 2024. Okay. I'm, I'm seeing this, you know, whispers. Is that, is that, are you like, well, I'm going to wait then? Because I, I, I kind of feel that. I'm like, my gosh, I want to wait. I, the, the performance, the 30 frames per second, it was a, uh, a big deterrent for me. I loved Breath of the Wild, but I haven't gone back to do a new or a fresh playthrough because of that. Like, it actually, I just, it kind of hurts to play. It's like, oh, golly, it's bad. Well, is is it going to be a handheld again? Is it is it going to be where it's handheld 30 frames and then you shove it into that cradle and it's like 60 frames? Like, are they, are they making it, you know what I mean? Like, are they doing something? Because it's got to be pretty beefy. Is it going to compete with, like, the, the Steam Deck? Is it going to compete? You know what I mean? Like, where, where are we going with this? Like, <laughs> what, what type, of, what type yeah. of system are we talking about? We Weezy's really plugged in, and he says there's a distinct possibility that this thing will be capable of 4K60 and be, it'll be incredibly strong. There's some new technology that they're going to be harnessing that will put this thing into a very, very special category, and we're not going to see that on the PlayStation and the Xbox because they can't tap into the DLS, uh, what is it? DLSS, they can't tap into it because they're they're not on NVIDIA chipset. So it's apparently going to be the uh, not just uh, they yeah they're going to be doing some NVIDIA and that taps them into DLSS, which is continuing to show itself to be a formidable piece of technology. So that that would be insane to me if we end up with Nintendo leading the charge into next gen and sort of you know beating the brakes off of the ps5 and the xbox series x and be like well we actually have a 4k 60 machine (laughs) which and (laughs) and imagine playing you know games like zelda and mario right right. um i wonder what that would do to the dialogue because you know we're going to get a mid-gen upgrade for the xbox and the playstation at some point i i I always call nintendo crazy uncle nintendo because when when the industry goes left they go right always they the when everyone went to cartridges they went to small mini dvds right like the small discs and then everyone went to digital and they have little little cartridges that you shove into your your switch right they always go the opposite way everyone made a console they made a handheld what about if nintendo comes out with this 4k thing it's like a vr headset that's <laughs> you sit on your the, the console is just the helmet and it, it's it's like yeah. You don't ever, I don't know. They just, they always do some crazy stuff. That'd be interesting, man, if they do the 4K stuff and they all of a sudden they leapfrog ahead of PlayStation because Nintendo quietly is outselling 
Xbox and PlayStation. Right? Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. Right? No one talks about that. Everyone's like, it's a battle between PlayStation and Xbox. And it's like, no. Nintendo's like, hey, hey, guys, we're over here. Nintendo doesn't have a problem with, uh, with yeah. Xbox buying Activision. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Some guy said that the other day, like, you know, Nintendo's, you know, fell off. And I'm like, are you kidding me? I think they're yeah. on, on pace to be the, the greatest selling console in history, like the Nintendo Switch. <laughs> Yeah. We- Wheezy is saying, though, that it's not going to be more powerful than the Series X and PS5, according to what he's looked at, but it will okay. be a huge leap over the Switch, like two generation jumps that would be significantly different. Now, chat started weighing in, and some people are saying that, you know, they'd love to see Halo taken over by id software, id software, the Doom guys. I can't call them id. They were always id software growing up. And yeah. Sven is asking you, he's like, all right, Mike, if you could pick one dev to take over making mainline Halo, who would it be and why? Hmm. One mainline dev. I'm, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, the, the first one that popped in my head was was a Treyarch, or Treyarch or Sledgehammer, but that's because I'm leaning towards them buying Activision. Right. Uh, other... I don't know, man. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm not even going to try to dig for another one. I think, I think Treyarch would be be the one. Respawn, I don't see Krebsy because they're they're just so busy doing other things with the Battlefield series and also with Apex and then also with potentially well, the next trilogy the, of, of 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 the Star Wars game. Yeah. Well, the question is, who would you pick? Like, if you could just wave a wand and pick somebody, that not not oh. who who do you think takes it, but who would you who would you pick? I would pick, well, you know, I would like to see, obviously it's Sony and it's not going to happen, but Insomniac makes some fantastic single player games, right? <laughs> and they, they would, I think they would knock it out of the freaking park, man. If they, if they got their hands on that Halo, uh, Insomniac games would just blow the doors off of it. You would, you would just absolutely love Master Chief again. That's who I would pick. Obviously yeah. it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know, you look at what they did with Spider-Man and what they're, you know, what they're doing with Ratchet and Clank. That, you know, I, I could see that. I could see that. I actually think I would pick id Software. I'd pick ID. I think, you know, because if they can bring to Halo what they brought to Doom, the tight arena, they've got the tight arena shooter back, back history. Because what they did with Doom is phenomenal. I mean, it just it's so. You talk about being faithful to your roots those guys have been faithful to their roots and I think they could do that they could create an amazing arena shooter feel without it suddenly feeling like well it's not Halo I think that's always going to be the challenge is it needs to feel like Halo and Halo's just kind of slow it just is kind of like archaic by nature and I, I just I just I wonder if somebody like id or even insomniac, could do a good job if they're sort of hamstrung by that format, by that, oh, it's got to be more slow and plotting, and you got to have the shield mechanic. Like, I think that would be the biggest challenge. Real quick, Corey, Corey Massey, I, look, I picked Insomniac, that because it's Sony. I don't want Sony to make Halo. It, it's like fantasy football. You're you're asking me who would be a, a, a good developer to make Halo. Insomniac, to me, would be that would be that developer, right? So if you're if you're putting parameters where I can't pick anybody but i only can pick people that are not part of a certain company well then you know i would go back to treyarch then (laughs) i mean i don't know what you i don't know what you want for me to say 
Yeah, G Mini Christmas. Like, <laughs> it's just a hypothetical. If you could pick any hey. developer, he's not like I think Sony can save Halo. My gosh, not everything is a console war. Uh, Mike on the mic with a ten dollars <laughs> super chat tip says, "Yo, what's up, Lono and Mike? If the ABK acquisition doesn't go through, what the f is Xbox gonna do?" I'm asking because I feel like they really need this. I, you know, I don't know. I don't know what they do if the deal doesn't go through. I think they'd make a play for King Mobile. They'd be like, listen, if you're not going to let us have ABK, we want King. Because I think that would fill, that, that'd give them so, the money they would get through a King acquisition, that, that's, they've said, they've all but said in a couple of interviews, that's, that's really what they want out of this deal. Yeah, the mobile. <laughs> they want, yeah, they want, they want King mobile. mobile. Yeah, that's exactly what they want. They want to get into the mobile market. Um, I don't know. If they can't do this, obviously... If they're not looking for the mobile market, I think they make a play for Ubisoft because Ubisoft games uh, fit Oof. perfectly on on the on the Game Pass method or mm-hmm. model uh, with the with the microtransactions. They're large games. They're popular games. I know a lot of people don't like them, but th- think about it: like Division, Division Two, or the Assassin's Creed series, the all the Wildlands, uh, Medal of Honor. All of these games would fit perfect on that subscription service. Now, obviously, they're on the subscription service. Like, there's already ubisoft games on game pass um someone asked me the other day do you think ea would get bought out i said no they're they're sleeping for free with them right they're already part of game pass so they don't need to buy them right because they're the only sports out there and they're already on game pass if you have ultimate so they don't need to buy them they're 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 gaining from them regardless so i i I see them making a play for ubisoft if if the activision and then no one would care because they're like oh it's just ubisoft go ahead you can have them like type of thing yeah yeah i I don't know, man. Ubi, that was my that was my my lead story this morning, and I I was kind of worried that no one was going to care because like Ubi is just they're in a rough spot, man. The CEO is motivating Ubisoft Paris to strike because he just responds with this tone deaf email, and then yeah. they have, they they've got big titles coming: Assassin's Creed Mirage. They got they've got the open world Star Wars game. They have Avatar: Frontiers of Pandora. Beyond, Beyond Good and Evil Two is still in development. It's it's still it's still out there. Just let you guys know, it's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We we've been doing all these videos. Like, is it even real? Right? Is Atomic Heart real? Is uh, <laughs> is is the day before real? Like Beyond Good and Evil Two. Like, is it real? Like, no. Yeah, we're still making it. We're still making it. <laughs> Who? What, can right. you imagine being the developers on that? Like, what, what, what does that feel like? I wonder to be on a project that long. How many times has it been restarted? Do you think? Like, at least three. I think at this point. I don't know, man. When they when they showed it, was it 2016, 2017, and they had Joseph Gorev Levitz on stage to to get people to that did the art for the work and the music and all these like independent artists and stuff. And you're like, man, that game looks amazing. You saw the devs where they're, they're leaving the planet going out into space and they're on these spaceships and the detail in the city. You're like, this is amazing. And that was on the last gen system. Yeah. That was on, that was on the Xbox one and the PlayStation four. <laughs> and here we are, here we are on the series X S and PlayStation five. And you're like, what happened to that game? What, <laughs> where, where is it? It's- what? I, I couldn't believe that I I thought people were were joking around. I saw thumbnails and titles. It's like it's been fifteen years, and then I went and looked, and I was like, mother! I was like, fifteen yeah. years? I was like, what are y'all 
doing? Because you think about dev cycles being five to six years. That's why I'm like, this thing has been restarted at least three times. It has to have been. Like, what have you been doing? Anything you built for the old systems is scrapped by now. You ain't right, selling. It's obsolete. <laughs> yeah, you're not selling it on that. Like, by the time yeah. this thing comes to market, I guess it's going to launch on the PS7. I would, you know, yeah. when we finally see it. Yeah, no, it'll be exclusive for Sony. That's what it'll be. It'll be exclusive for Sony. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh do you think starfield comes to to sony i i think it does i think a year later I, I do, yeah for sure i think it comes out uh about a year maybe maybe two two years later it, yeah it's definitely why not do you know what i mean like why why would you stop it from coming you you want it on your system first obviously because you want people to buy your system yeah or get your service but why wouldn't you just throw it onto the other systems after the fact i i I just had a crazy idea. This is this is a, this is a far reach prediction. This is this is thin. I, I I this is unlikely, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. What if to help with the ABK transition or acquisition, when they do the Starfield showcase, they announce it's a one year exclusive to Xbox. Mm. To 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 smooth over the FTC being like, hey, you said you had no financial incentive to limit, you know, ZeniMax properties, and then you did. And 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 now, you, you know, you're coming out here with Starfield. That'd be a great way for them to turn that tie to that conversation and be like, yes, this is going to be day and date on Game Pass. Yes, it's going to be on Xbox. One year exclusive. We can't wait to see this title land on, on Sony in a year, you know, they might not say Sony, but they could say like right. a one-year exclusive, and that could start to like. I, uh, that's a far-fetched prediction, but man, would that re- be a bombshell to be like, yeah, we're we're not keeping it over here for forever. Do you think the reason they delayed Starfield, like to even come out or have a date, is because of the the litigation that's going on with them trying to get stopped from buying Activision Blizzard? Do you think that they're holding it back because? One of the reasons that they're having this problem is because they said they weren't going to make uh, Starfield exclusive. Like, but when they bought the Bethesda, they're like, "No, we're not going to make stuff exclusive," and then they made it exclusive. So, do you think they're holding it back for that reason uh, alone? Yeah, they were really careful with how they said it to the EU. They said that they lacked financial incentive to limit ZeniMax properties, but they would still maybe do it on a case by case basis if they could justify it from a business perspective or whatever. So, um, I don't know in, in the, in the realm of like this, this Redfall Starfield, why won't they talk? Why won't they show it? I 100% think it is related to the ABK deal because Sony did not do their annual showcase last year. And the rumor was they don't want to start walking out and talking about exclusivity while they're actively opposing this deal because you already had gaming press you know being like oh they're hypocritical which was an intellectually bankrupt position it's like there's a giant difference between buying developers and getting exclusives and buying a publisher that represents a percentage of the entire industry like they're not even equivalent at all people saying those were equivalent are just they're just farming for clicks like that's not the same so I do think Microsoft didn't want to come out strong with, yeah, Starfield, only on Xbox, Redfall, only on Xbox. They don't want to do that right now because it just adds to this idea that, like, yeah, you can't wait to buy up ABK so you can say the same thing about their property. Yeah. 
I think a lot of people in, in chat, you guys are looking at it wrong when they're like, it's a system seller. Sure, Starfield's going to sell systems, but at the same time, it, you guys are like, when I say you guys, I'm being very generalistic because not all of you are in this, what I'm saying, but Microsoft is not in old school mentality anymore that they have to sell more systems, right? This is why they're making xCloud and, and, and this is why they're putting, uh, you know, the, the app on the Samsung TV this is why they're doing it. They're they're not selling Xboxes anymore. They're selling Game Pass. Doesn't matter where you are, on what device you are. This is why they want the mobile market. They're trying to get Game Pass and games that are on Game Pass onto all these other other platforms. It, th you thinking that Microsoft is staying with Sony because Sony and Microsoft are competing? Lono said it earlier. Phil Spencer said they're not worried about PlayStation or Sony. They're worried about Google and Amazon for the streaming platform, right? And that's what they're worried about. So you guys are all saying that, oh, sorry, Sony guys, you got to get the... Like, it, it's not about them selling more consoles. They literally are just trying to sell a service because they have to do very little with the service. They made $3.9 billion last year for Game Pass. Like, and they they didn't ship out games. That's, that's games digitally on a system that people are paying $10 or $15 every single month recruiting. Just think about how much money that is. $200 to $300 million a month. That's the budget of a Grand Theft Auto V. It was $250 million to make Grand Theft Auto V. And every single month, they could buy a company, give them that money, and they could go make a Grand Theft Auto V <laughs> size type of game with the budget they make every single month. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I... I do I do think that we have commentary from Todd Howard about there is pressure on Starfield to sell systems, but that doesn't mean that Microsoft's going to view all of their own property that way anymore. I think they're going to take a software approach to this. They want their software everywhere, and I think it stands to reason that if a game hits Game Pass and makes Game Pass look amazing, and then six months to a year later it lands somewhere else... That still made Game Pass awesome. You got it first. You you didn't just get it first. You didn't have to buy the game. Like right. they'll have to buy the game on the other platforms. So, I I know that one's upsetting upsetting for people. They're like, no, there's no way they do that. Starfield. They're gonna make everybody mad. And it's like, what do you care if 12 months later Microsoft says we're about to make that money, man? PlayStation Five is doing great. It's in it's heavily in circulation. We can sell a bundled deal Starfield with all the all the updates and all the extras a year later for sixty or seventy dollars to Sony users. How is that not a feather in your cap to be like, we're, we're we're selling this, we're selling our property to Sony people and making money from them, and you're over here able to just you know play it on Game Pass. I I think that Microsoft is trying to make Game Pass into what windows is to pcs right they're it's an operating system they're trying to make the game pass like a household name where it's just mm -hmm. you have a tv it's on there you have a mobile phone it's on there you have wherever you are they're just trying to they're just trying to market the game pass as a thing that's going forward now obviously if it fails then they're, they're dead in the water but it doesn't matter because microsoft is a almost a three trillion dollar company right so overall microsoft is fine xbox might be in trouble down the road uh, but that's here nor there right now. Yeah, Cujo, I'm not saying everybody that opposes Starfield going to Sony is upset. I'm not trying to be condescending and like project emotional instability. I've had people tell me they would be upset if that happened. 
I've had people tell me people would be angry if that happens. I'm, I was merely representing what I've seen from people where they're like, oh no, they better not do that. They, like, they would be angered by that. Like, no, they promised us it would be ours. It's exclusive. So yeah, I wasn't trying to do that. I know people do that. Like, and I'm, I, I hate that. I wasn't trying to do that. If you guys are like, I don't think so, I'm not projecting onto you that you're upset. I've actually had people say, oh, that would tick, that would tick me off if they did that. I was like, who in the heck cares, right? Like, if they buy ABK, that's the strategy, man. We can put this stuff everywhere. We want to make money. They want to put Call of Duty on the Nintendo Switch, <laughs> for crying out loud. You know, which is interesting to me about, like, how is that going to work? Cloud gaming on the Switch. I mean, I've not done it. I can't imagine it being a great experience because they've got a lot of games well, over there that have to run off the cloud. They're too big. Well, PlayStation just just did a thing aren't i read an article yesterday they're having a cloud service uh working on to the higher end tier of the playstation plus uh is that what it's called the playstation plus i don't have a playstation so is it is, mm-hmm. that's their service right yeah so playstation plus the highest tier premium will have premium will have the streaming service included with that where you're cloud gaming streaming to your uh to the higher service stuff you can do that right now with ps plus like i can stream games i can just play them without installing them to try them uh, out I don't and, know. The article said that they were they were doing it. Well, or, they're probably expanding it because it's not it's it's only a handful of titles, and you can only there's really old titles. That's the only way you can play them is you have to stream well, them. You new. you can't yeah. even install them. So this they might be expanding it to to more more places or maybe making it better. It's not that great. It really isn't. Right. Like I I love my PlayStation, but playing something through that streaming is just freaking horrible. That the latency is awful. I can't imagine anybody doing that and being like. Well, that was a good experience. You know, sign me up for more of that. Like, it's good to get into the game quickly and look at it, but you wouldn't want to play like that for more than a few minutes. It's it's pretty rough. And I've got pretty fast internet. <laughs> it just yeah. wasn't good. I've, I've played on my mobile phone when I'm away on, on trips and stuff. And sometimes if I play single-player games, it's, like, flawless. It's really nice. And then other times you log in and you're just like, oh, God, yeah, this is this is unbearable. I can't I can't do it. Yeah, Joseph Staten tweeted yesterday, Hey folks, right now I'm 100% focused on helping people who lost their jobs find great new ones. The outpouring of support from other studios has been amazing. Please keep it coming. If you'd like a reference for someone you're considering, my DMs are open. Listen, I like Joseph Staten. I do. When they brought him on to Halo Infinite, I kind of got on a little bit of a hype train for Halo. I don't know if y'all remember this. When they revealed the multiplayer, I was like, bro, Halo might be back. Like, Joseph Staten's the guy. Like, he's the guy that can do it. So, I'm I'm, I'm bummed. I am bummed. Like, if you guys haven't seen that video yet, we'll, we'll send you there in a minute about, is, you know, is 343 being removed from Halo? And I, I'm bummed because I, I, I liked him. I thought, this is it. They can, they can put Halo in a good spot. And then it launched, and I was like, oh, oh my, oh my gosh. What, what happened? It's so sad. Like that I I don't know. I got fired up and that whole story is just sad. Like you hate to see it just reminds me of Anthem. People in positions of leadership that just just choked and now they're gone. They're somewhere else. Like all those people that failed Anthem, they're just working at other studios now. Man, frick you, bro. You ruined a game. Like right. You know, and then you got people that did it to 343 and they're probably just going to go work somewhere else. Man, come on. Like that's irritating. I, yeah. I don't put anything on Joseph Staten. He was brought in at, at a, in a crisis. Like, he got that game out the door. I, I'm telling you, he got moved 
to Xbox Game Publishing because they know he's an asset. They're like, this guy gets results. We need to get him out of 343. <laughs> he's going to... He's he's gonna he's not gonna make it like that place is aging him at a rapid rate you know what i'm saying so i i don't know i i i I, that's a i feel like it's kind of a somber thing what's what's happened with halo and 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 all those people losing their jobs it freaking sucks it it's it's sad but it happens all the time like microsoft did it like three four years ago they got rid of like twenty five thousand people you know uh you know you feel bad for them but there's a lot of people they trim the fat some people are are useless right in certain departments and they they're sort of like the guy from uh office space the guy with the stapler (laughs) yeah you know what i mean they kind of just move them over and just keep trying to get them out and then finally they 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 fire them uh not saying because i'm I'm talking about back of house not talking about devs just there's certain people they have to trim the fat and other people sometimes are just casuals that war uh that, that take it i've been i've been canned from from jobs when i was in that in that space before I was in the film industry. Sometimes it doesn't matter how good you are, just that department just gets nuked because they're like, well, we have to get rid of something. And instead of firing Todd, who makes $20 billion a year, they're like, oh, we could get rid of uh, 10,000 people. That'll take the same salary as him. So, uh, and, they, and they just get rid of all you guys. Yeah, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I always find it to be a bummer. Well, I'm going to actually have you guys, uh, I'm going to send you to that video. A lot of you might not have seen it yet. So you're going to want to check out my upload about is three, four, three being pulled off a halo. I'll send you there in just a second. But before I do that, Mike, let them know where they can find you and what kind of content they can find. Uh, you can find me on 30 NSG. Thanks, Creature, for fixing that down below. Uh, you can uh, see me on Monday through Thursday from 10 o'clock in the morning till about noon Eastern. I do a show called The Daily Grind, which is like Lono's show, but he talks about stuff. We talk about different topics. We have different opinions. It's in, more of a talk show live feel. I've uh, been doing that for two years. And then also uh, in the evenings, we do Let's Plays. So we're going to be playing through um, – what are we playing next? We're playing uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Uh this coming week we're finishing out star wars the skywalker saga on monday uh we're also going to be playing power wash simulator dlc tomb raider we're gonna, we're gonna play that <laughs> and then we also do a podcast on thursday nights which is our, our flagship at the end of the week uh it's uh, generation x gaming the weekly podcast that goes over a few of the top stories in the past week and we rant along the way that's at 8 p.m easterns on thursday nights so you can check us out there yeah, if that time slot works for you guys, right? Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, tonight, Friday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern. I do a member stream, and usually I'm hanging out with my wife. I'm going to be playing Police Officer Simulator with Hilly tonight. It'll be Ooh. it'll be hilarious. Uh, I wanted the game <laughs> like when we did Surgeon Simulator, so we found this, and we're like, oh my gosh, Super Troopers, let's go. That's going to be the theme of tonight. Yeah. Uh, either that or Brooklyn Nine-Nine. So make sure you're here tonight for that members uh, and don't forget, tomorrow night is Star Wars Episode 2 Watch Party for members as well. You guys unlocked that last month. So I'm going to put a link in chat, and it is to that Halo video. If you guys missed it, it's doing really, really well. Go throw it a like. Go throw it a comment. Give it some love and watch it. I break down all the information that came out. Thanks so much for supporting us. If you've already watched my video, then go check out 30's channel. He'll say something in chat. You can click on his name and go check him out at 30 NSG. Uh, he's, his channel is over there just kicking out content like we do so make sure and check him out over there thanks so much I look forward to seeing you guys tonight and uh, maybe over the weekend and if not we'll see you Monday for more great coverage thanks so much for watching peace guys